This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that, unlike Chelsea, is pretty in pink. Uh, now, amongst other things, Chelsea served up a veritable game of two halves against West Brom on Saturday. A very horrible defensive display, punctuated by three, not one, not two, but three schoolboy errors, which had them trailing 3-0 to arguably the league's worst side. Now, thankfully... Having both looked and played like Crystal Palace in the first half, they looked and played more like Barcelona in the second, aided and abetted by some much-needed substitutions. But it was not Chelsea's expensive new recruits that turned it around, but the homegrown lads of Mason Mount, Callum Hudson-Odoi and Tammy Abraham, who all scored to grab a point uh, when all three seemed lost. Uh, Now, nevertheless, the gutsy fight back notwithstanding, it proved yet again that it will take time to gel this new Chelsea side together. But how much time do we really need to iron out base defensive errors? Uh, And the title of the show is, uh, with due respect to uh, the wonderful Neil Young, Frank Lampard and the shocking Pinks, Chelsea fancast number 526. And... uh, Yes, on tonight's show, we have Mr. Jonathan Kidd, who's looking very Clark Gable-esque tonight. The Tash is back. Oh, thank you so much. The Tash is back. Thank you. And the Specs. Did he wear Specs very often? I I don't know, mate. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Which which film are we talking about? Giant. Is it early on? Is it um, Gone with the Wind or Giant? Which one is it? Uh, Giant. Giant. Giant, Sorry. Yeah. You know, I'm James Dean, obviously. Of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Giant knob more like. Um anyway, uh enough. Uh right, uh who are we who who next? Who next? I'll tell you, I'll go D, uh, Dane first. I'll try and get his name right, actually, that would help. We've got the lovely Dane Whittle, the uh Uberstumgruppenfuhrer of Chelsea Fancast's uh Instagram account and many other things besides. Good to see you, Dane. Evening, yeah, good to see you all. Marvellous. You too, mate. Good to see you. It's I'm absolutely, absolutely dead beat tonight. So, 
I need, I need, uh, if I, if I look like I'm falling asleep, throw something at me or I don't know, play, play some horrible music that will wake me up. Now, one person who I know would never play horrible music, largely because he and I have incredibly similar tastes in music, probably because we're old as well. That, that would probably go hand in hand with it. But the absolutely lovely, uh, I tell you what, in, in terms of, uh, you know, kind of vaguely new recruits to the Chelsea fan cast. I have to say, Mark is without that one of my favourite. He's added so much to this and also, of course, the 50 Years shows. The absolutely lovely Mark Meehan, also known as Eddie McCready's Blue and White Army. Thank you very much, Chid, for the kind introduction. I was always tempted to listen to the psychedelic first Pretty in Pink tonight before I came on. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, indeed. I'll act, yes. Not, not you weren't you weren't encouraged to listen to you know Neil Young and the Shocking Pick uh, Pinks. Well, there was there was there was that. There. We could probably sort of do a whole show of, so- of songs with Pink in the title. Yeah, yeah maybe I for mean, another day. Every, everybody's rocking or something is It's a kind of a weird album. I, I'm a big Neil Young fan, so I've got pretty much every album he's done. He's done about five thousand. You know what he's Young. called in France? Uh, uh, Neil Jeune. No, 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 no. Neil Young. Neil Younger. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Makes total, total sense. There we go. Uh, J- J- JK, I mean, you know, JK will have to go some to match that contribution over the next two hours. Uh, anyway, right, on the show tonight, we yet again, yet again, Groundhog Day, uh, discuss a litany of defensive errors. And we ask, is it down to individual errors or is it poor coaching? And how much should Frank Lampard shoulder the blame? In part two, we praise Chelsea's fighting spirit, especially Mount, Hudson-Odoi and Abraham, who dug us out of the shit. And we muse on the fact that Frank Lampard has a formation and possibly a selection headache going forward. Uh, In part three, we look back at the 6-0 rout of Barnsley in the Caribou Cup and we applaud Kai Havertz's hat-trick. He is silky smooth. Said Well, not really said at all in my best Zohan accent but imagine i am adam sandler playing zohan and hear me say kai havertz is silky smooth silky smooth there you go because he is he is silky smooth i'm telling you uh in part four uh we talk, we go forwards rather than backwards we look ahead to tomorrow night tuesday night's caribou cup tie against spurs uh we hear from uh sadly no no he's all right he's a good lad we hear from ricky Sachs of last uh word on spurs in our a reintroduction of the opposition view uh, and we have an update on our Premier Predictions League, although I think all four of us in here tonight will probably rather we didn't. But there you go. Now, as ever, as ever, as ever, as ever, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do. We've got a we we are I think we're core it. We have enough people in there to make it fun and exciting. We've got some lovely people in. Many names I recognise. The lovely Jacaranda trick who we chick who we haven't seen for a while. It's good to see you. We've got Aurelius thirteen, we've got Kurt Benjito, uh we've got Adam Finnegan, um who says Mount Man of the Match for me. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that, mate. Planet Earth is blue. Kenroy, Kenroy's in the house. Have a run for me, mate. Now, Jonathan, you better be on your on your toes tonight, mate. Because we've got we've got a celebrity in in the ranks of Mixler tonight. What are they gonna they're gonna take me to task? Well, if you t- if I tell you who it is, you'll know. Uh, we have Mr. Peter Sampson uh, from CFC Net. 
Yes. Yes, indeed. I have to. I better be on my best behaviour. Yes, you're, he, you're, uh, yeah. He, he likes delivering rockets in yeah. sensitive places. He does. He's your bet noir, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. No, I wouldn't go that far. I no? wouldn't give him that, that status. He's, <laughs> he's, he's my, started already. He's my, started he, already. He's my bet. <laughs> my bet blanche. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. My okay. white beast rather than my black. My black beast. Anyway. Uh, Paul Burgess is also in there too, and CFC Sport. He's a regular. Loads of you in there. Always good. To, always good to see so many familiar faces in there. Makes our Monday evenings worthwhile. Um, right. Anyway, uh, apart from all of that, uh, I've got some very, very interesting news for you, lovely listeners of the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, we had a uh, we had a kind of a mini board meeting tonight, which we hold in the wonderful world of WhatsApp. Uh, and basically, um, I've uh, you know, with the agreement of all the peeps that do the show with me, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of going to reintroduce uh, the Love Sport Radio Friday night show that we used to do uh, minus Love Sport. So what that basically means is that we're now going to do a show every Friday to preview the weekend's game, and I think also pick up a little bit. On you know, it gives us a chance to round up on the week's news because there's so much news going on these days about Chelsea and stuff. So, be a good opportunity to do that. We'll we'll have things like the opposition view, so we'll get people from other clubs' podcasts to talk about their team before the match, and hopefully we'll be hearing from the likes of Liam Liam Toomey from the Athletic and Oliver Harbord from Football London, who both tend to go to the press conferences conferences on a Friday, and they can tell us what's going on on there. So, look out for that. And um, the other thing is. Um, you know, emails, we, we don't have any, we have one email from you this week. So obviously whatever I did last week either annoyed you or confused you. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, emails very, very much part of this show. Uh, so much so that, you know, as and when the occasion arises, I'm up for doing a new show, which will be called In Off The Post, which uh, um, basically lords uh, the old Chelsea magazine uh, kind of correspondence page. Um and an that, homage, isn't it? Chip? It's an, an homage. homage. It's an homage. Exactly that. Exactly that. J.K. Anyway, so either if you know, depending on how many we get, we'll do some on a on a Monday night. We'll do some on a Friday night. Uh, we we might split them depending on what we do, but it'll kind of make things more manageable for us as well. So don't stop sending us your emails at chelseafancast at gmail dot com. So there you go. Now, after this, uh, we'll be talking about Chelsea uh, in the West Brom game. First question I have to ask because I I, I was just um, utterly uh, gobsmacked by this. You may well have seen it. I mean, I, I basically nick the the, the lineup and everything from uh, the uh, flash flash scores, which is brilliant. Actually, it's the quickest uh, way of getting live scores, and I and it's really got loads of good information. And it looked like Chelsea had set up as four two two two. I don't think I have ever come across Jonathan in all my years of watching football a formation of 4222 but it was it really 4222 was no. it not it, no it, it sort of then evolved backwards into a kind of of 4231 sure. yeah, well, yeah or not on occasions not quite sure anybody's playing when 
Kante started moving up the pitch and uh, and people were left behind and vulnerable. And then um, uh, um, Rhys James was up the pitch as well. And then uh, Alonso was up the pitch and slow at getting back. And um, I mean, I, I think we ought to now come to the conclusion that uh, Alonso cannot play. Can, can we wait? Any come, other? Can we, can we work, can I know. We, sorry, I had yeah. to say it. Otherwise, I'd forget it. I know. I've leapt ahead again. Premature so sorry, bloody ejaculation every week, mate. I know. I can't help it. I you can't you help should. It. You should be a sperm donor, mate. I tell you. Do you, you really should. Yeah, I think you've got a future career, mate. Oh, thanks very much. I'll think about that. Yeah, good. I mean, um, your, 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 your sperm... No, 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 let's not go down this. <laughs> this is going to go very wrong. You know, very quickly. in actual fact, my sperm is unbelievably potent. <laughs> well, unbelievably and, so. And rapid I've got as well. a story rapid, about that. I've got rapid. a story. I've really got a story. I won't tell everybody now because it might gross them out. But I really have a story. You know, in all seriousness, I do have a story about that. You know. Anyway, um, enough. Um, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't work out what on earth they were playing. I just watched and thought, I don't quite know who's playing. I just thought, I, got, I don't know where Werner is. Werner appears to be on the left wing, I think. Or is he? Or is he in the middle? Or I don't, I don't, I don't know. So he's all very well said. Yes, there were periods where I thought, oh, they got two up. Well, they must have two up because they're playing Werner and Abraham. But I didn't seem to think they were particularly advanced. I mean, but also when the opposition has no desire to attack at all, as they didn't have, because and they didn't press particularly, well, they pressed a little bit, I suppose, because otherwise... Um, um, Silver would never have lost the ball, but uh, their 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 first desire was to defend. I suppose it it, it doesn't really matter what you're playing because all you're going to be is is up against them all the time, passing the ball around, trying to make inroads into them. So it, it didn't seem to me it, it it may have started off that way, Chidge, but uh, it it was just like an a, an attacking mush in the end, it wasn't was a it? Bit. I mean, there there are all sorts of things I want to talk about. Actually, before a ball was even kicked, it. I tell you what, you know. I mean, look, we, we all know, don't we? We kind of joke about it, don't we, to be fair? But we know that the minute... I mean, Marco, by the way, um, you know, while Marco is currently indisposed, uh, we're all sending out massive love to you, mate, and uh, wishing you speedy recovery uh, as soon as possible. We look forward to having you back on this here show as soon as we can. Um, but Marco always makes a big thing of it on Twitter about queuing the meltdown when the lineups release. And I I never really do that, but I have to be honest and say, uh, Mark, when I when I saw that Christensen was playing ahead of Zuma, I thought I mean it's very unlikely to go, what? But I did go, what? And I thought it was a bit harsh on Zuma. I think as a matter of fact, I actually think Christensen played fairly well. Uh, but even so I was surprised. I what what was Zuma done to deserve that? I don't, I don't know that there was, I think, I'm like you, I think there was a very much a WTF moment before the game started at the, at the weekend. Uh, and it wasn't just Christensen, because you look into the formation, and I know you're talking about 4 2 2 2 2 2 2 2 2. I wasn't even sure about the four. Yeah, because for me, yeah, if so it's 2 2 2 2 2 2. You're playing four at the back is old money for me. That's four defenders at the back. And there were times in that first half where we only had two at the back, you know. And I think that was where Jonathan was going, and I know we'll get there that shortly. Is actually, if you're playing four at the back, you have four defenders defending, not two, because the other two have gone wandering up and don't get back and then get caught out of position. So there were some strange picks there, and I thought Christensen was one, and I thought playing four at the back was two, because I think if you play Shane, um, play Alonso. I don't think they work for me in a four. They work okay for me in a five. 
So I did think it was a strange choice playing them in a back four. But also yeah. he played Silver on the wrong side. Silver normally plays for PSG on the right, and he played him on the left with Christensen. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, I think Christian, I'll, I'll talk about I, I thought Christian did play well at the weekend. I think he was one of our better players. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree with that. I mean, um, I'm, I I want I do want to talk about Rudiger, but I mean, JK's already brought Silver in. Um, Dane, I, I've got to be honest, mate. I, I I was quite happy to see Silver play. I really was. I I, I do rate him. Um, and and I mean, I'm not just saying this because I wrote an article saying that when Aspie's not playing, Silver will be captain. And lo, lo, it happens because I am Mystic Chidge. Um, we'll talk about his 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 Rick later. But I mean, were you happy to see Silver playing? Yeah, no, I was actually. It showed uh, the intent and how much he means to Frank already. I thought him, he and uh, Chilwell would have. I thought they might have been left out of this one and then looked to be played tomorrow against Tottenham. So I was quite surprised to see him and see him captain. Uh, just going back to that 4-2-2-2-2, I like to look at certain sites just to look at where players played most and their heat maps within a game. And actually, uh, Alonso was in line with Christensen and Silva for most of the game. Reese James was very far up. So it was more like a free, but a lopsided free because the right side, Reese James was so far up on the uh, right. Well, and actually, Mount was up even further than Tammy and Kai yeah. on where he where he positioned. Where he ended up. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. We're well, going to go on to Mount, Tommy. We, we will. Mount is so effervescent, isn't he? he Mount is. never bloody stops running. Bloody Definitely hell. the man of the match for me. I mean, there were times actually in the second half when it was like you know the Alamo for West Brom that we were playing with what oh. we were playing with one at the back. It was nuts. Now here's the thing I want to talk. Where's Rudiger, J.K.? What's Rudiger done? Oh, I don't know. There was this ridiculous rumour that he's offended people. There's this ridiculous that he's... No, I don't want to hear that rumour again from last week. I didn't say it. I haven't said it. Because Pete Sampson would be right up me. He will. He's in there. (laughs) He'll come out of Mixler and whack you on the nose, mate. He'll whack me. Ow, Pete, no, Pete. (laughs) Um, But... um, uh, No, I I haven't heard any any rumours about him. I can only surmise that that something's gone wrong or perhaps perhaps Frank has made a... Well... Um, that sounds a bit banal, doesn't it? Frank has made a decision after his appalling performances at the end of the season that he's not part of his plans anymore. But in the same way, as Mark said, why didn't he not? What's happened to Zuma then, who appeared to be the best of the of the centre halves that we had? So um, uh, I'm not really getting it at the moment, and I don't, I don't, I don't actually understand why Silver and Chilwell can't play immediately. Well, I don't. Maybe, know, maybe, I, I mean, to be fair, we we don't know. No, once again. I mean, Chilwell, Chilwell was injured and he's he was, recovering he was, but he from an injury. He played the other day, didn't he? he? Came, he came yeah, on, he did. And he seemed to play absolutely perfectly competently. And and is clearly so much quicker. Well, he did, he only had a few gone. minutes. He didn't He yeah, didn't get a whole game. Nonetheless, does, they're all very fit guys. What's yeah, but the... you know what they're like. They, they quite often regulate it, don't they? They say you yeah, can have yeah, half yeah. an hour, then you have 60 yeah. minutes, then you have not. No, yeah. indeed, there'll, yeah. be, there'll be a fitness expert saying, no, 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 we don't want to push him. And yet, you know, I come from an era where, you know, you your star player gets bought and it plays the following day. You know, that's it. You buy... You same buy bloody... Derek, same day, mate. Same you day. You buy Derek Kevin from West Bromwich Albion and you play him the following day yeah. and he's completely shit and he lasts the season and he, <laughs> and he goes to Everton and then bangs in 30 goals the following season. You know, that's the know. that's what happens with Chelsea. I so uh, so perhaps, yeah, perhaps this easing in is the thing. But um, uh, I... I We've got, in a sense, we've got this terrible embarrassment of riches now. Haven't well, we? we've got we'll, we'll get really on to that. We'll players. get on to that. How we're we'll going to get fitting together. We're going to get on to that. That's that's a very key point as far as I'm concerned. Let, let's talk about the uh, 
the mistakes. Um, Mark, um, I love Marcus Alonso. Um, not just I know, not just because he's got beautiful George Michael hair. Uh, I think he's a wonderful player. But I mean, you made this point really, really well, and I totally agree with that, with it. He is so not a left back anymore. I mean that that. That moment when Ajayi or whatever his name was, I mean, poor old Marcus Alonso looked like he was running backwards and had to foul him. But what, what, I mean, you know, basically he was at fault, definitely for the first goal, heading it into the path of Pereira, which was just ridiculous. And uh, the third goal, he, he didn't he didn't follow his man, did he? So, you know, you got you got to put, put them down to Marcus for that one. And in fact, actually, Frank made that point, didn't he, in the presser? No, Frank did, and again, like you, uh, I love Marcus Alonso, but as I said earlier, he does not work in a four for me, so he can run down the wing for me, but he doesn't work in a four. Uh, He's perfect, he can play in a three, he can play at a five at the back. Uh, I don't think it was just his fault for the first. No, it wasn't, I agree, I agree, Mark. For the first first or the third, Mark, sorry. No, for the first one, he definitely was giving the ball away, but Reese James, Dane made the point, Reese James was too far down the pitch. Yeah. So again, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to come. I'm going to come back on that because I, I, I I get what you're saying. But here's my. Hang on a minute. Here's my point about James. Um, Chelsea had transitioned. They were they were about to launch an attack. James has got instructions. You know whether I mean you know I agree with you. This idea of two at the back is nuts. But we are playing West Brom, so he's trying to get forward. What he doesn't expect is for Marcus Alonso to fucking pass the ball to Pereira for them to launch a counter attack deep in our bloody half. So no wonder he was caught high up the pitch. I think I think there's a bit of I think there's a bit of mitigation there, Mark. No, no, no. Yeah, he didn't. The thing is, he might have been further pitch, but he didn't get back. He was slow getting back and recovering. So. On Alonso for making the mistake, but if you know Reese James had been not as far forward or got back quicker, he might have prevented that goal actually being scored. And I think you know he got close enough to him, but not not close enough. And that might sound harsh, you know, because no, no, actually I'm, it I'm, is on Alonso for the first one and on the third one. I'm, but I'm, I'm they defend as with, a team. I like to disagree with both. I think uh, yes, Alonso's header was dreadful <laughs> for the first goal, but I think we failed to close them down completely. Um, for the goal, which he should never have had the opportunity because nobody nobody tried to close him down, Robinson, for that, the first goal. So, yes, all right, Alonso was a complete plonker for heading the ball straight to the West Brom player. Yeah, there's when... a reason, JK, there's a reason why you can't close Robinson down, though. Is what, he's too good? No, he's boss-eyed, so you don't, you don't know which way he's going to run. Oh, is that the reason? Yeah. You're looking at his eyes every time. You're not looking at the ball. When, when, he, when, he, when, he, when you've heard that expression, he's giving me the eyes. It's like having eight eyes going at I you. I thought you were going to make some references to um, to uh, Robinson Crusoe for a moment then, but but clearly not. Wasn't that, wasn't that the line in Daktari? Yeah, Clarence. <laughs> Clarence. We used to call Eddie Eddie Very Mac Clarence. Very few people didn't will we? get that, Mark. Very few people <laughs> will get that. Clarence, I got it. Clarence, the line. Fantastic. Fantastic. Can I just say, the for the second goal... Um, uh, yes. Now, I, I, uh, it was to me, it was far more Reese James's fault for not getting back, and and I have a problem with Reese James completely and utterly for the. I thought Reese James had a very poor defensive game indeed. He he fulfills all the requirements for going forwards, but they've got to do something about his defending. He, I, I was looking at him very carefully, and he just he misses people for headers. He misses. He's just not clued in enough for where where the marking is at the moment, and I don't know what that's a that's about whether that's he just doesn't quite have it in him well they've got to 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 they've got to somehow practice with him to say 
you, you've got to be got to enclose people down more. This closing down, this blocking, I'm not seeing it from him very much. I'm seeing it from other players, and I, but I, I'm uh, I, I'm I'm just not quite convinced at the moment that he is the. I don't I don't think he's good enough defensively. I'll agree with you. And having said that, though, J.K., I mean, Dane, I tell you what's one of the most one of the standout performances for me last season was when Reese James had Zahar in his pocket when we played Palace at home, beat them three one, I think. So we know he can defend against really good players. Hang on, Dane. I know. Yeah, yeah no, he, he, he had a superb game. It's funny because I was walking past the pub on the corner opposite the ground and Zaha come rushing out and after the game, and he was getting a lot of abuse from Chelsea fans saying, did Reese let you out of his pocket? And uh, he was trying to like swear back and get quite cheeky, Zaha. Regarding Reese, though, I'd like to disagree slightly. Uh, I think that the game plan was he was far up. He was, he was in line. As I said, he was in line with Kai and Tammy sometimes and regarding that first goal Alonso's mistake Reese actually got back sent uh Robinson onto his weaker left side which a good defender would know to do and actually Robinson had a really good finish with his unfavored left foot yeah if he'd let him inside onto his stronger right foot then I could see the complaints but he actually showed sent him down the line and he finished it really well on, on the other hand on the other hand Dane you know if he'd a man marked him like Friday he could have sent him to Robinson Crusoe's island but anyway, we digress. Um, I think or this, Jonathan's Island. Or Jonathan's Island. Yeah, that sounds quite sinister. That Jonathan's Island. It's a new, a new, a new, a new TV series on Fridays before Crackerjack. Uh, anyway, of living in this environment from now on. You, you look like you look. I, mean, I, I thought you were really there, mate. I thought you were on your. You know, you're a bit like a Bond villain. You know, you've got your own kind of Bahamian island, haven't you? I'd need a pussy to stroke, wouldn't I, if I was a Bond villain? I thought knowing you, you would have pussies galore over there. Oh, oh, Let uh, me tell people that I've got a, a, a in the background, rather than have my rather pathetic studio, I've got a, a South Sea Island. Well, I think people know because whenever Dan's on the show, he always he always takes a photograph of us to shame us on that's Twitter. That's true. That's true. He does. He, he does. does. Um, listen, this is a good time to introduce the thing that really kind of pulls all this together. Uh, the, this question, but um, before that, we've got uh, I have to say an unbelievable pissy. Uh, review by Paul Doyle in The Guardian and an email from Colin McPherson, who's angry. We like Colin. Colin's our kind of Rangers Chelsea fan who, who writes in quite a lot. Jonathan, I'll read out the um, uh, the review by Paul Doyle, which I completely fundamentally disagree with, by the way. And then if you want to read out Colin's email... Uh, I'd love to. I just need to find it. First. Okay. Well, you've got time because I'm going to read this thing by Paul Doyle first. All right. When the, did you send the other one? Sorry, I've only well, just. Well, it it's, it's in the notes about you know it's it's there page one. It's anyway. at the bottom. Well, oh see. yeah, there it is. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. Right. You. Paul Doyle in the Guardian. This is his match report in the Guardian. Uh, he says Lampard on thinning ice. Sentiment got Frank Lampard the job at Stamford Bridge, but will not keep him in it. Chelsea need a better manager, so Lampard must improve or be replaced by an expensive upgrade. That's the sort of ruthlessness he fancies, apparently, so he could have no complaints for once. On Saturday, his team staggered to a draw against the worst team in the Premier League, despite more individual mistakes and collective confusion. It is true that Chelsea's defence may or may not be strengthened when Ben Chilwell and Edouard... Mendy are available and their attacking options will be enhanced when Pulisic and Zayic again uh, regain fitness. But so far, there has been little evidence that Lampard knows how best to use the extravagant resources available to him. I mean, 
what have the Guardian... I, I know what the Guardian have got against Frank Lampard. They think he's a Tory. That's basically fundamentally it. All that wank from that idiot Barney Rone about privilege and stuff. Now we get this arse gravy from Paul Doyle. Paul, I wouldn't use your writing to wipe my arse, you petty little man. Um, anyway, Jonathan, would you like to do the email? Colin McPherson. I mean this figuratively and literally. We cannot idly stand by and claim Lampard is in any way a good coach of defences. The lapses in judgment and positioning we see on a weekly basis are just not exclusive to Chelsea. We did see the same lapses in his Derby side in the Championship. I am aware the new boys Silver and Chilwell will come good. I'm aware Frank is a great coach. Well, I'm not sure you're saying that. I'm just concerned we went top heavy in the window. Having the best attack means fuck all if you can't keep the door closed at the back. To be positive, moving forward for me, the starting back four would be James, Zuma, Silva and Aspie. I would rotate Fick in when required and use the squad when needed. I believe that has to be the strongest defence going forward. Do we know anything about the defensive coach's pedigree? Keep the blue flag flying high. Stay staunch. Colin. Apparently, Frank in the press has said uh, that he doesn't need a defensive coach. So, I, and, I, and I've also read, uh, I read something on Twitter from um, a former colleague or player under Anthony Barry, who said he's an absolutely superb coach. I think he's uh, like like a few of the coaches at the bridge at the moment. One of the people that Frank did his badges with, and Frank's a bright guy, so one has to trust his judgment. Um, They've got one, Anthony Barry. You that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, well, he's he's apparently highly, highly rated. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know why we're saying we don't need a defensive coach. Maybe that's why. Maybe we've got one, and we just don't know. Look, this is the whole nub of it, isn't it, chaps? Um, is it individual errors that are costing us, or is it poor coaching? How do you coach individual errors out? I mean, I think there's a really good case for saying, how the hell, as a manager, you know, if you coach players week in, week out, and you tell them where to be, what to do, what not to do, and then they don't take, you know, they clearly don't take it on board, or, like human beings will, will make stupid errors, you know, what are you supposed to do? Because right at the moment, it seems to me that the tide seems to be turning a bit, certainly in the media, and Frank is getting the blame for being a duff coach because Chelsea's defenders keep making errors, Mark. Uh, let me go back a little bit to Mr. Mr. Doyle's point um, about I thought, sentiment. I thought you might. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong in sentiment. You know, sentiment got Ruhul at the job. Sentiment got Gianluca Viali the job. And I'd say on both of those, probably to start with, I wouldn't have put, looked upon both of those as the greatest coaches in the world, but neither of those turned out too badly. We've actually had some great coaches who've come down the years with massive pedigrees behind them and didn't last a season. So being the best coach in the world and being high profile does mean jack shit to me at the end of the day. So <laughs> I'm quite happy with the sentimental approach we take with Frank Lampard. Um, I think in terms of what Colin is saying, I think Colin's made a, a, actually a good point, which I, I don't actually disagree, disagree with, is the whole thing about Fra Frank being a good coach defence. No, he's not. But that's why you know, he, he's brought a defensive coach in. And again, although we're a bit harsh talking about the West Brom first half, we're only three games into this season. You know, for crying out loud, like you know, it's not it's not FIFA. It's not going to be instant. You know, we've got players still to come in the side. I think they're still finding their feet. I think the only thing I'd criticise, which I do struggle with, um, defensively coaching, we seemed obsessed with zonal marking. And I hate zonal marking. And I think 
you know, the example you know, Dane gave about Reese James, I think there's something about a man-to-man marking. You know, some of Ashley Cole's best games for us when he was doing the man-to-man marking job on, mm-hmm. on certain players. And I think the third goal as well was poor zonal marking, never mind Alonso. You know, it's who you know, no one was marking men, they were marking space, and we conceded a lot of goals by marking space at set pieces. I'm old fashioned, I think there's something about marking the man rather than marking the zone. I think that's what I have a problem with. Yeah, Dane, uh, you want to pop in with that one? Yeah, uh, actually, we 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 do a mixture of a uh, zonal and man to man marking for that third goal. We had nine defenders in that box compared to West Brom's five. Uh, the five of the West Brom players were being picked up. That left four of our players free. One of them was Reese. Uh, someone took uh, Kovacic out on a dummy run. Furlong was standing on the edge of the box free. He ran in, did the header, and the, uh, Bartley got in behind Alonso. So if you're playing one of the weaker teams in the Premier League and you've got nine defenders in the box for a corner and there's only five of them attacking, then what more can Frank do to... Uh, <laughs> to, to, to to rectify that you know we only had one player outside the box it was is, uh, that, is that down to just being just not paying attention to it because absolutely i spotted this absolutely agree with you it was absolutely weird how they, they had players standing completely unmarked by mm. people who seemed to be in positions where they felt comfortable you thought but well, they're not looking for the players they're West Brom didn't commit see. themselves to the corner. They, as I said, they had five players in that box. Yeah, compared to, compared and yet they to had our a nine from miles on the edge of the of the of the D, the bloke heads the ball in to somebody who's completely unmarked because Alonso's moved forwards and is looking at the ball. Yeah, so he got he got such I, I an know, elementary error. We had a couple of free ones. We had, I think we had Kai Abraham Reese. When I looked at it really in depth, Kai Abraham and Reese were the one zonal. All the other ones was man to man marking. Alonso lost his man. Simple as that. And that can happen. You know, mm. this is the thing. I think we as supporters, you know, are, are of course we are naturally myopic. We only ever see Chelsea players on the pitch. We only ever see how Chelsea are playing. It's very hard for us to accept or even see that sometimes an opposition player is going to get one over on your on your player and they're going to score sometimes when they do that. It's very hard for us to accept that the other team can play well. You know, this is football. This is what happens, you know. I think just, just um, you know, going back to what Mark said, JK, um, I, I take take Mark's point totally and, and no doubt we will, you know, reiterate this again in, in part two. I, I am not sweating one iota at the moment because I, I, I think that this is such a b- bizarre time, you know, no pre-season, a whole load of new players to, to, to gel together. All of this kind of stuff means it is going to take a bit, a bit, a bit of time to sort out. But what I would say to Mark, though, is that you know we've been experiencing criminal defensive errors for most of last season as well. There's no accident why we 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 let more goals in, I think, than most people did last season. We we've haven't kept a clean sheet in an away game for 21 games or something. So you know th- there is something to me that is endemic. And either it's the coaching or it's the players, and it, or, or it's both. I don't know. It could be any one of those three. Mark? I think there's a thing I'd add as well, is we don't seem to play the same defence more than two games in a row. Yeah. Um, there's something in continuity. Some of the most successful sides down the years, whether it's the Nottingham Forest side from Clough Day, the Liverpool sides of old, our Chelsea early winning titles, is pretty much every week you play the same defence, you know, we chop and change every other week with our defence. So 
I know you've had to debate about Kepa in previous week's shows, but you know, I think for any goalkeeper, having played in goal, it's just nice to have the same four players playing in front of you week in, week out. You can build a rapport, you can build a relationship and, and defend together. Um, so that also frustrating. We change the team every single week. Now, I know that's the squad, etc. but I would say most successful sides are built on a strong defence. You build from the back. And, you know, we may have, you know, a lot of expensive strikers. And I know we've bought, you know, a, a new defender, but I would pick a four and stick with a four. Well, perhaps he hasn't worked out what his best defence is at the moment. That's that's they, we have to work out you know, what is the best I, I thought Tamori played very well the other day when he was a sub again. So you don't, and we don't know why he didn't play at all last season. And I, and I, and I think Jonathan, when when Zuma plays, I think I mean you know when we played against Brighton, for example, Zuma's a really good big unit and an aggressive, oh, great so, header of the yeah. ball. He seems to match up match up with their yeah, and you their, need their, that uh, attackers. Yeah, I, I tell you what, something else, Jonathan, just to move this on a bit, which I also think some some in, you know some clever, more more erudite pundits were making this point over the weekend, and I have to say, I think is a point that we've been making on the show recently. It's not just, of course, the defence that is, uh, you know, responsible for the defending. I mean, clearly, you know, on Saturday, it was the defence that was responsible for all the bloody errors that cost us three goals. But, um, you know, we we have for a long time looked very vulnerable to teams in the transition who seem to go through us like a knife through butter. Now, whether that's down to the 2-2-2-2-2 two, 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 two formation or whatever we were playing, I don't know. But... I do wonder if we've got a problem with the midfield defensively. I mean, it's something I've often said when you see um, Jorginho playing. So, A, is there a problem? And B, can or should uh, Declan Rice be the solution? Because there's still a lot of talk about him coming, isn't there? And if not him, why not Ampadu? Sorry, lots of questions in there, Jake. To answer the last one first, I don't think Ampadu had a very good game at the weekend, um, from what I could could gather because they were going on about how little he was which I found um, quite bizarre but uh, um, because he has a leap like a salmon apparently but they were saying that they felt he was the weak link um, in the uh, in in the setup at United at Sheffield United but he's obviously got they've got faith in him because they've played him from the beginning and he's been yeah they've got they've got one of their defenders out for most of the season that's right that's true that's true but um so perhaps Sampadu isn't the answer. I mean, once again, uh, to, to, to see Ake playing in mid, for in City. In midfield, in midfield, I mean. You no, know, you want, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to talk briefly about Ake, but um, because he played for City and uh, City didn't do very well. Um, but, um, <laughs> I noticed that. Uh, yes, um, but uh, I've, <laughs> I've not been in favour of us re-signing him um, just because, once again, he's not that big and uh, decent ball player. But, you know, I think we've got decent ball players who aren't that great centre-halves anyway um, at the moment. Um uh, I was dismayed uh, at the number of times that West Bromwich got to the ball before we did, and um, uh, particularly in midfield. Uh, and and I don't know what this is, whether it's attitude. Um, well, maybe uh, it's fitness at this stage well, of the you, season. But why, but why? 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 Why are we talking about this stage of the season? We only finished the other season for you know recently. We were playing. Well, have they all suddenly lost their fitness, or did they not get enough of a rest? I what, I, I don't know. I, I, I this excuse of saying, "Well, they've only been together for a short well, time." Well, that's no, that's a fact. That is a fact. You've got a lot of players that have come in. No, some uh, of them, well, hang some on, of them hang on. Just just allow me yeah. to finish the point. I am. I'm agreeing. No, with you're you. not. You keep interrupting. Um, no, right. I'm interrupting. And so agreeing. there you did it again. This is like a Monty fucking Python sketch. I, I'm enough. agreeing. I'm sorry that this sketch is just not funny anymore. All right. Um, is it a parrot? Number one, uh, it'll be a fucking dead parrot in a minute. Anyway, number one, 
uh, it's a very peculiar preseason, as we know. They haven't had time like they normally do because of the quick turnaround of the seasons to, um, you know, to to kind of integrate the new tactics. Secondly, they haven't had time to integrate the new players, a lot of whom have only just got here. Thirdly, a lot of the current squad were, of course, quarantined because of coronavirus. So it's a very unique preseason now. You know, for all we know, West Brom have didn't buy that many players, didn't have, uh, you know, didn't finish their season on August the eighth like we did. Uh, you know, so maybe maybe they're a little bit more ahead of us in terms of fitness and all the rest of it. So that it may it may be a factor, but I couldn't I couldn't tell you if you said Chidge, put your house on that being true. I couldn't do that because I don't know. But that's just a hypothesis. No, I just don't get it. If if they weren't playing and what they were, so training is better than playing, is what you're saying? Because we were playing. We were still playing yeah, until but, but very different. That does not make us less fit. That makes us more fit. Yeah, all right, whatever. Let's get back to the point. Declan Rice, yes or no? Uh, no. Why not? Uh, there are better players, surely. Really? Why, why is he the saviour? How has somebody come up with him as being the saviour? Because savior? he's Mason Mount's best mate. Yeah, well, there we have it. Is that the reason? Good, <laughs> get him. Know. Let's get him. Know. Wow, that's great. Wow, perfect. Hey, if Mount's happy, I'm happy. <laughs> Okay, perfect. I tell you what, no, look. In all seriousness, I, I mean, look. You know, I think we said this on the show the other week, and I'm a and I'm a big fan of this point. I have to say, um, we don't have, we do not have uh, players in the midfield. I mean, and I can't understand. I'm saying this when you when we had Kante, who was, well, I mean, again, Kante. It was all the double pivot thing, wasn't it? But we don't have a defensive midfielder in that side who will just sit in front of the back four. Wasn't that supposed to be Kante? Well, I, we, everybody always debates the shit out of this, don't they? Well, he's not that kind of player. He's not this kind of... Who fucking knows? The bottom line is Kante, at the moment, goes forward a lot. So we don't have somebody who's basically there, you know, to just sit in front of the back four, break up the opposition attacks, win the ball first, and then give it to somebody else to start an attack. Should, we need one. League. When we won the league, he seemed to be the man who saved us all the time because he ran back. And he I was, know. He ran back and stopped all these attacks from, from developing. Yeah, but I don't think he, he. I don't think even then he just sat in front of the back four. No, he was in a two with Matic, wasn't he? Well, there we go. You see, that's the other thing. I mean, in a sense, we had two was, He was in a two with Drinkwater yeah. at, um, yeah. at Leicester. You know, but I for me that is the fundamental weakness. And if you've got a bit of a dodgy defence anyway and a dodgy keeper, then you just become so vulnerable, Dane. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think we need someone like you said to sit there, screen the defence, uh, kick, pass, punch, organise. Uh, I don't know if the answer is Declan Rice. There's a romance about that. Seeing he 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 and his whole family are Chelsea, I can presume Chelsea wouldn't want to pay too much after letting him go. Uh, maybe to make the defence more solid, you could put Reese in there. Reese did play there a lot in Wigan uh, last year. He come on at Everton and looked very comfortable there. When we beat Everton at home 4-0, you'd miss out on his crossing from the right, but you'd be more solid with uh, Dave on the right. And plus, when you've got, if you think the uh, selection headaches of what Werner, Tammy, Kai, Pulisic back, Callum, Havertz, you know, you need a defensive guy to look after them. Yeah. You wouldn't really care about Reese running down the right if you could have Reese in defensive midfield as an option. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, 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 do you know what? I'll say it. I, I would have Declan Rice, even though I think, you know, they're going to have to pay a lot of money for him because I think, you know, because he's a bit of a hybrid between a central defender and a defensive midfielder, I think that's the kind of person we need. The only worry I have about us getting Rice is that we're going to have to pay top dollar for him and mm-hmm. probably over overpriced 
the, the other problem I have with it is, well, what does that mean for Ampadu, who I think is a superb player and can play that role? I mean, I think he's brilliant at that. He's a monster in the tackle. He plays that role for Wales. It's Ryan true, Giggs true. thinks he's fantastic. True. We've already got somebody who can play that role, and it just defies belief that they haven't been prepared to, to put him there. But we need somebody who wants to defend and break up the attacks because that's where I think we're getting done. Um, now, we're going to go uh, to part two in a minute. And in part two, uh, it's very much a, a part of two halves, really, a bit like the game. Uh, because obviously we came back into it and I thought we did a lot better in the second half. So we're going to talk all about that. But before we do that, it's our perennial uh, shout out for Mark and my uh, employer, uh, like the fancast, an employer that doesn't pay any money. But we love it anyway, don't we, Mark? Uh, it's good old CFC UK. Um, now, uh, as you know, uh, you can't get it on a match day anymore because there are no matches where supporters can go but do not do not fret fret not there you go mark's holding it up now for all of you all of you watching in black and white at home it's in color <laughs> uh but anyway um yeah you don't have to get it uh from the stall because you can't uh, but you can get it digitally by going to cfcuk.net or cfc uh you basically you email cfcuk at gate17.co.uk and you can subscribe for the whole year. I think you pay about 15 quid for a whole year subscription, or you can buy each one individually at two quid, which includes first-class post delivery. There'll be another one coming out soon, because I think, Mark, we have a deadline of this Friday, do we not? We do have a deadline for this Friday, and you and I will probably be competing with each other to be the last one in before midnight, as we often are. Yeah. The other thing, can I, can I just say, as we're talking about CFC UK, can, uh, just a, a quick belated happy birthday for Georgie Johnson yesterday. It was his birthday. So again, happy happy birthday to Super George. Yeah, definitely. While you're on the subject, well done. You've reminded me a very, 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 very happy birthday uh, yesterday uh, to the wonderful Nick Villaney from London is Blue. He's wonderful. I love Nick Villaney. Um, I couldn't possibly say he's my favourite out of the three, but uh, Nick's a great, great, great guy. Uh, Nick, um, I, I know I sent you a message on Facebook, but... Very happy birthday, mate, and keep on keeping on. You're t- they're taking over the world. They've, you know, they've relegated us to the Beezer Homes leagues of po- podcasts, but I still love them anyway. Uh, worse, Chidge, worse. It's worse, the, okay. The Ryman's the, League? No, it's the Chiswick and District Sunday <laughs> League. What about the Isthmian Is- 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 League Division H- Three South? Yeah, that'll be okay. Okay, all right. I'm happy <laughs> if, with that. If this was WWF, would we be having a SmackDown with them at some stage, Chich? Yeah, I think they've got a weight. They've got a weight and a height advantage, mate. Yeah, we'd we'd have to be a sort of. We would have to have everybody, twenty-seven of us, tag yeah. team. Yeah, we got we'll more, get them when they're suffering yeah. with jet lag. We got more. Well, there are more. Yeah, we, our mob's bigger than their mob. We'll we'll sort them out anyway. Nick and, the, and well, all the Londoners, Blue Boys. I hope you're all well. And Nick. In particular, have a gr- well, I hope you had a great birthday yesterday and a few beers and a big fat juicy cigar because you deserve it. Anyway, we'll be back in for part two in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters. And proper Chelsea. Uh, right, welcome back. Uh, this is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Mr. Stamford Chidge, uh, the Right Honourable uh, jo- Jonathan Kidd, 
Hello. Uh, the Lord Privy Seal, Mr. Dane Whittle, and the Master of the Rolls, Mr. Mark Meehan. Good evening, everybody. I thought I'd rendered him speechless then, but there you go. Uh, good to have these chaps in. It's always, I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter. I can be in an absolutely stinking mood. Uh, invariably, I am on a Monday, particularly when Chelsea haven't done very well. Absolute, absolute sha. Uh, I, I can be absolutely knackered as I am today, and then I do the fan cast about an hour in, and I'm absolutely humming. And it's usually because of the great company that we keep, and I include all of you Mixler people in that as well. Now, uh, a bit like Chelsea, we've done the first half, we're now going to do the second half, and it was grim. It was grim being 3 0 down to that lot at half time. I kept on saying, you know, we need a goal. The last kind of 10, 15 minutes of that fact, we need a goal to get back in it. Uh, Frank made changes, which uh, uh, absolutely had to happen. He brought on uh, Aspie for Alonso, uh, not a moment too soon. Uh, and uh, Hudson Odoi came on for Kovacic, and I presume they went 4 3, 4 3 3 at that moment. Um, but the, the 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 you know the key thing really I think um, you know we had to score the first goal to get back in it um, and Mason Mount an absolutely brilliant goal Frank Lampard esque I thought he just grabbed the name by grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck let me just read you uh, what the esteemed Henry Winter of the time said I I love and know Henry you know very well and he's a super, I still think he's the best football journalist out there he is. Without doubt, the most uh, fair-minded, I think. Um, and he, he says, doesn't seem to have any angle, does he? No, he, he, he calls side to him. Absolutely, calls it as he sees it. Um, anyway, uh, he said in the Times, said competition pushing Mount to, to new levels. Uh, when Kai Havertz signed, there were rumblings on social media that the homegrown Mason Mount might be unhappy about the added competition. His father, Tony, quickly responded to the speculation with a succession of dismissive emojis. Mount simply raised his game and has been one of the shining lights in Chelsea's first three games, leading the fight back against West Bromwich Albion. For club and country, his form and attitude are a boon. I could not disagree with a letter of that, JK, let alone a word. I think um, it's his energy, it's boundless energy and his his commitment to the cause. And, uh, and and clearly he has such a good vision. You know, I mean, that shot came from nowhere and they tried to make out that it was deflected, didn't they, on the telly? Oh, it's a deflection. Oh, the goalkeeper had no chance. Oh, oops, no. He just picked his spot on the inside of the post and it was in and he took it so quickly. And it's just a lesson to so many people. Don't dither. If you get an opportunity to have a, have a dip, go for it. it it was he took the goalkeeper by surprise by being so so on top of it it was a, a terrific goal and and of course it was it was what we deserved I mean I mean despite losing the three goals in the first half I made lots of notes I kept writing down we're all over them surely we're going to score and the thing we haven't haven't mentioned is that both Werner and Abraham missed absolute sitters in the mm, first half Tammy missed which they they can't afford to do we're talking about the defence bloody hell I know you know, Werner is clearly a class act. He should have opened his 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 his. He should have opened his legs account. and shown them his class. Yeah, well, I wasn't <laughs> trying to say that. I was trying to say open his account. Which okay, is a, you know, but you you managed to get in there really quickly. He should a, have opened his account and uh, and uh, show them his class. You have to be careful how you say that. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
but he should have scored. And then Tammy should have scored. And then it would have been a fair reflection of the game and they would have been out of sight. That would have been, they'd have been 2-0 up. I thought we looked good. I thought we looked good going forward in the first half. We were good. Other than the three terrible errors, I kept writing down, we're passing the ball really well. We're looking good. We're passing it. So, so it's this, and I also felt one must praise the second half in particular because they played just a, a block and we got through them. I mean, the Chelsea, I think, from last year possibly wouldn't have scored at all. And uh, uh, so, you know, good luck to him. But it started with Mason Mount, who was is, is such a bundle of energy. Now, we're not, I'm not quite sure where he's supposed to be playing still. Well, we'll, we'll, um, we'll address that. In a we'll minute, address but, that, but uh, yeah, that's my answer to your. your yeah, well, that's that's. I couldn't agree more, mate. I, I'm I am a huge I'm a huge Mason Mount mm-hmm. fan, and and he's one of those uh, kind of classic players. I think uh, Dane, that you know, y- y- what you don't appreciate, or what, and this is this is actually it's funny, isn't it? Because you know, I've been mentioning this, and Mark and I have talked about this as well. That the the whole game, in a sense, has been democratized really because none of us can go so we're all now having to watch it through the bloody uh, director's eye view on the tv so we're we are all you me jonathan and mark are all missing what we would normally see every saturday which is the whole pitch everything going on and you and i both know that when 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 we are going there what you what you see is the amount of work that mason mount does off the ball and i know that the fifa fifa 20 merchants can't understand or don't like it but actually working hard off the ball is fundamental to you winning games and dominating teams. And that is why Mason Mount is so absolutely critical to this Chelsea setup because he's the one player who gives you that 100% unquestionably every game. Isn't that right? Yeah, without pointing fingers, yeah, you, you, you see so much more by going to Stamford Bridge, oh. going to games. And obviously I'm starting to struggle actually recently with not yeah, going. me too. And Mason is one of those players that, I noticed it years ago with Crespo. Crespo's running off the ball to change the subject. It was amazing. Fiali, you, another you didn't one. See that. You didn't see that on the camera. But Mason, there's clearly two camps now. There is the ones who get Mason and the ones who don't. And you've got to wonder, is it the ones who watch it on telly who don't get him? He was absolutely superb on, on Saturday. Uh, his first half display was good. Head and shoulders above a lot of our other players. His second half was amazing. My oldest son, Jake said I'll give him a 10 out of 10 performance and I couldn't disagree he was I thought he was amazing I was uh, so impressed and he gets so much stick on uh, uh, you know we always have to veer back to Twitter like it's the uh, one and only uh, fans voice and it's he gets so much stick on that and I just can't see it and it frustrates the life out of me because mm. I think he's amazing I think yeah. he's he, he, as someone said he, uh, I think someone sent me a message on Instagram when I did a post I think it was from one uh, Chelsea fans camp in America, and they said, you know, he could be future captain. Mm. Oh, well, I think there's, I think there's a case to be made for that, Mark. But uh, you know, by all, by all means, use this as your opportunity to eulogise about uh, Mason Mount. But I also want to talk about um, Callum Hudson Odoi, who's, who's, you know, I think, I think it's been, you know, the last month or three has been troubling for him. And I wonder how much of that has to do with his injury. But I, I got the sense on Saturday that Frank threw him on and said, look, come on, show us the player you can be, grab your opportunity, show us what you can do. And I have to say, mate, I thought he was fantastic in that second half. And I think that goal, 
And I mean, it was lovely to see Havertz because Havertz, as we know, is silky smooth, you know, but he showed it again. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful goal. Um, and I thought I thought Hudson Odoi, you know, I mean, I would give Mount the man of the match, but I think Hudson Odoi was right up there. I thought it was superb to see him playing like we know he can. I would I would do both. I would echo everything said about Mason Mount. You know, again, there were times last season where when you're at the bridge, you just watch him play. You'll actually just watch him and agree with Dane. Like I did the same at Hernan Crespo myself. You, you could literally watch one player for the whole game when you're in the stand, just watch what they do, the runs that they do. And again, you know, that whole thing about diverting to Twitter. I just ignore anybody who just doesn't see what, you know, Mason Mount brings Mount to Chelsea. Yeah. He's an incredible talent. Yeah, and, you know, he has raised his game. You know, new signings coming in, you can go one way or another. You can fold or you can step up. And he stepped up, you know, and he stepped up his game. He was our man of the match, no question, at the weekend. He pulled us back into the game. And, you know, Callan Hudson-Odoi agree again. You know, I've, I've been critical of him. You know, he's had, you know, lots of chances. He's an undoubted talent, um, but at times he's flat to deceive. But I just thought, you know, he made a real difference when he came on, you know, at the weekend. And that goal, you know, an absolutely brilliant second goal. Terrific so again, goal, wasn't it? Fair play, fair play. Fair play to the door. You know, he, he really earned that 45 minutes. You know, if it'd been for the whole game played like that, he'd have given Mount competition for man of the match. A really good 45 minutes from him. Yeah, Can real I just, credit just to... put a little cap caveat there? He clearly plays much better on the left. Yes, because yeah. when we play him on the right, he he does he sort of I don't know what that's about really. Is it because he plays better with Dave? I don't know. But he, I just wish that I think there's an even better player there mm. that we're still not seeing because he still his default is to try is to pass back when he gets stuck. Yeah, yeah, I'd noticed I, that a lot. I, I just wish he'd take players on more because we've seen this. We've seen him take players on in in the I know it was the Europa League and they were playing you know Sunday league sides but um, or the the local the local pub side but nonetheless I I uh, he was actually he he was just taking them apart and and I I'd like to see that more I'd like to see him given more confidence but I think playing as he did for those moments in the second half because there was some fantastic skill and of course the goal was completely brilliantly taken is that it, that's how we want to see him play. I've started to question his positioning, Jonathan. Indeed, indeed. Because I never see him one-on-one running at a defender. I never see him free in space on the far post, like tapping one in. So I always wonder if it's his runs taking him the wrong way. And you're right, he checks back a lot, yeah. um, passes back. But on Saturday, we saw a sort of version what we want to see from him, similar to him at Munich when we lost in the Champions League when he scored that cracking goal that was disallowed. We want to see this stuff, you know, back yourself. Well, I think that's the point, Dane. I think I think what we've got with Callum is a is a kid basically who's, you know, breaking into the side, who's under an awful lot of pressure, an awful lot of scrutiny, even more pressure now we've got the likes of uh Zayic and uh, Havertz and Werner all that lot coming in, all of whom who can play in his position. And and I think as you said, I totally agree. What you want is you want to see a player like Callum Hudson-Odoi play without fear. And yes, if you're yes. going to play without fear, that means you have to take risks. And if you take risks, you you can lose the ball and you can get punished in the Premier League. And I and I wonder if a lot of that floats around in his head. And I think if if I was Frank, I I would I would be you know coaching him obviously, but I would be getting into his head and I would be saying, don't worry about it. What I want from you, you've got the, the, the you've got pace to burn, you've got huge skill, you've got a great finish. I just want you to take people on. If you lose the ball, 
It's the people behind you. Is their responsibility to sort it, sort you, get you out of the shit? Just if do he loses it. The ball, if he loses the ball in that area, it's not as disastrous no. as being caught in possession on the halfway line or in the build-up. Um, but uh, I'd also like to say that I, I was really pleased that he was interviewed at yeah. the end of the game. Yeah. Because I thought that was a step up and it's and he was good. He was fine. So that's almost as if he's being validated as a Chelsea player, which is what I think he, he needs. The dilemma is, will he get in once Zayech is... If is he fit? plays well. In, well, in, if he's playing well in training as well, as we'll find out. Yeah, you know, I, but... I think so. And I think I think the other thing is, and I think you, it's very difficult. And I think the players, in a sense, have got to understand this. And I go right back to something, you know, Jonathan... You know, there are kind of uh, pillars pillars of Jonathan's wisdom. Maybe we'll do a blog about it one day. But one of them that Jonathan has always... Yeah, there's a compliment. Calm down, dear. It's no, just it's a commercial. Just a, was, it a, was it a biblical reference? Well, it was is it in like a way. Solomon, the, the, the pillars of I wisdom. Thought, I thought it was T.E. Lawrence who wrote The Seven Pillars of Wisdom. <laughs> was it? Oh, I suddenly thought there was a... I had this vision Hercules, of Samson having his... It was Hercules, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. It was Hercules. It was a myth. John, Jonathan of Arcadia. Arcadia Avenue, number 22. Um, anyway, um, one of the things that Jonathan always, always, always says, he says, look, you know, the best team, the best squad we had was Mourinho Mark 1, and we had 24 players who were all as good as each other. So you had two players for each position. So if one of them came was injured, he came in. The other one came in. If one of them was out of form, the other one came And I think that's really where they're going for. And it, it's no surprise if that's what the intention is, because, of course, Frank learned, I would have thought, a lot about management playing under Mourinho in that era. And I think if the players get their heads around the, this, that this is not a first 11 and the dirt trackers. This is a squad of 24 players, all of whom are equally capable of starting in that first team at any one time. You know, maybe, maybe it will take the pressure off them a bit. But I think with Hudson-Odoi, I think he's definitely a confidence player and he's definitely somebody you have to put an arm around him as well as kicking him up the arse occasionally. He's he's a difficult player to manage, I would have thought, but there you go. Um, The hat-trick of homegrown goals, uh, I was delighted to say, uh, came from Tammy pretty much in the, la- the last minute, which was a good striker's goal, good awareness, good to be in that position, obviously a tap-in. But I was really pleased for Tammy because, you know, OK, yeah, he misses some some stupid chances, but, you know, he's 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 scoring goals for this team in the Premier League, and I think his goal record is really, really, really good. And I'm I'm so pleased to see him... Uh, you know, starting a match when many of us thought that we wouldn't see him much unless Werner or somebody got injured. Um, Mark, um, he's going to be really important for us, isn't he? And I, I think, you know, just to kind of, you know, draw this together a bit, I think it was really interesting. A lot of people have made a big thing of this, but you've got Mount, Hudson-Odoi and Tammy all making the difference. The homegrown players, the lads from the academy, you know, not not your Havertz and your Werners and your really expensive signings. For me, that was so pleasing. Yeah, I agree. If you go back to the Paul Doyles of this world, you know... I'd rather not. I know, but, you know, they'd actually probably be bleating that the three young players did it, you know. Um, Please for Tammy, again, when we did the end of season review, you know, I think I'd scored him down because, you know, he had a really good start to last season, but, you know, he faded towards the end. So really pleased, you know, he's in the side because there was a suggestion that his place be most at risk with all the new signings come in. And that's two good games. He's played two in a row. And I thought he played really well, Yeah, particularly in the second half, was in the right place at the right time to get the important goal. You know, so good luck to him. I th- I think- He'll get a lot of football this year. 
I hope so. I hope so. I think that underlines it for me. And this is something, it's an old old trope that's thrown out a lot, isn't it? That, oh, well, you know, the old academy boys, they're all Chelsea through and through. They've grown up with it. They know the culture of the club. It really matters to them. And you go, yeah, yeah, whatever. They're all being paid loads of money and they don't really give a shit. But actually, I think what we saw on Saturday, I mean, I, one of the things, again, that pleased me about about the the match as a whole was the fact that we did show some real fight and some character to get back in that game and it was the likes of Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount who were leading that charge because clearly it does mean something to them you know and and I have to say you know that for me JK is a bit of a turnaround from last year when I, I think heads dropped a bit last year and then we complained a lot about there not being enough fight and character and spirit in the side and actually, in, in spite of the fact it was bloody 3-3 and we dropped points against West Brom, you know, that's a game I reckon we might have lost last season. And yet this time we showed the fighting character to get back in it. I think part of it was I think we've got more skill in this side, though, from last year. I yeah, think, uh, yeah. I think Havertz, who, although at the moment is reminding me of Mickey Fillery too much, that's uh, kind of in and out of the game. What, Mickey Fillery but, uh, now or Mickey Fillery then? Mickey Fillery then. Well, Mickey Fillery the now be about 60 wouldn't he so i don't think it would be yeah. mickey mickey likes a silky smooth drink he likes his guinness does he okay um but um uh, yeah no i, I but it, really that they, they did can't have needed much encouragement because they were so completely all over them that surely they're not gonna they, you know the fight is gonna go out of them i mean it was so obvious that they could score three there was a period of about 15 minutes in the second half where i thought well they don't, you know, they, they can't hit a barn door. I don't think anything's going to happen. We're not going to score. Whereupon they scored the second. So, um, you know, what do I know? But uh, no, I thought they were so much better than with, than West Bromwich. That it was, I know you've got to take a hat off to Frank, who took, um, um, who did he take off? Aspie, did he take off for, uh, uh, no, he took off Silver, didn't he, for Giroud? That and I didn't he, understand. Yeah, no. No, he, he, he just wanted to, he didn't care about defence because they weren't making any efforts to go forward at all. So It was and, like and the Alamo, just, wasn't it? Yeah, so it therefore you know, put Giroud on. I thought Giroud was, was, was typical Giroud. He put himself about, he does these flicks. I mean, the thing about Tammy um, is that one thing he's got to get into his game, and I don't think he, he may never do so because he's, he's so fit and so up for it and so sprightly. And he, the more he moves, the better he is the player. It's when he starts sort of standing about, not doing much, I despair. But um, he doesn't hold the ball up, which Giroud does, and so that's Giroud's quality. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, and if if Tammy then ended up being in a position where he held the ball up a bit, you might think, well, he's a he's a more complete player. And yet he isn't that type of player. He's more of a kind of you know he's a very um, athletic centre forward. So you you sort of give in to that but having three of them up there I thought was a really terrific thing to do why bother it was a kind of Mourinho-esque thing to do why bother having another defender when all you needed was somebody they were going to boot the ball down the pitch and run after it so therefore you have have your swiftest players to run back so uh it it um uh it, it worked well for me so I, I I think it was it I don't think there's a comparison with last season about the effort because I just think they they knew as a team that they were all over them and they just need to keep going. And so speaking of keeping going, um, very briefly, my attack on Moss, who added another 22 seconds at the end of the game, um, despite there having been um, VAR uh, and um, uh, and uh, a substitution, uh, which lasted about two and a half minutes. So we got about, um, uh, what did we get? So we got 22 seconds extra when there should have been another two minutes at least. 
And the thing is, people just sort of, they don't pay much attention to that. In reality, we were so on top of no, we West Brom. We could have won it, couldn't we? That the chances were we would have scored again in that situation. And it is absolutely despicable that there is no timekeeping to uh, similar to rugby where there's a clock or something where all these things are deducted it's down to the idiocy of the prat on the field we need a clock not a cock In, uh, well said <laughs> dane oh yeah it was, it was just about tammy you know i can i can you know again you can see a lot of people can get quite frustrated with his performances but his with his overall game, but his movement for that goal was superb. It was, it was similar great. To, it was great. I, yeah, I mentioned Callum playing well and scoring that goal, which was disallowed at Munich. But the goal on Saturday was similar to Tammy's goal against Music. Once, uh, sorry, Munich. Once he saw Mason was shooting, his awareness to peel off his marker for a possible tapping was was very impressive and showed top forward striker instincts. Uh, very good. Sorry, can I just mention something else quickly? Because I, I, I quoted someone and I didn't say who it was, uh, just regarding going back to Mason. Yeah, it was from the uh, Tampa Bay Blues official Instagram account for the supporters group from Tampa Bay. And they said, uh, Mount is shaping up as a true leader. His passing and movement are incredible to watch. Hopefully he'll be given the armband soon when Aspie's not on the pitch. Sorry, I, I said them earlier, but I didn't know who sent it. I wanted to correct well that. I think that's a really good point, actually, Dane. And and you know, I I, I actually I actually see Mount uh, very much as the Sorcerer's Apprentice. In other words, you know, the heir apparent to Frank Lampard. Now, okay, I know that they're very different players, um, and that's a hell of a player to try and live up to. But you know, he's a midfielder. He's you know <clears throat> probably has more has has more skill than Lamps did. But he clearly works hard. He's got an eye for goal. He can get up and down the pitch. He loves Chelsea, you know, and he's got Frank Lampard as as his mentor. I think, you know, well, why not? So actually, you know, we've we've talked a lot about there's a bit of a dearth of leadership uh, in that team at the moment, but maybe maybe in the future, uh, Mason Mount can be that guy. Now to wrap this up, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Mark because he kind of teased this a bit earlier on. Something I've been whinnying on about uh, for a while. Well, certainly since the beginning of this season. Um, Mark, I, I totally get that we need time. I, I totally get that, you know, it is actually, it's not easy to integrate this many players into a team. I mean, look what happened to Fulham when they came up a couple of years back and bought loads of players and went straight back down because none of them could play together. So I, I get that this will take time, but it does occur to me that, um, and maybe it worries me to a degree, because Frank, you know, he's not the most experienced of managers, let's be honest. Um, and I think he needs to kind of nail down. And I mean, OK, maybe it's a function of the fact that he hasn't been able to because the players haven't been available. But I think he needs to nail down his preferred formation, given that you need flexibility, particularly in game and and his, you know, preferred kind of team selection. You know, I mean, I was saying the other week on the show that I can't see that happening until after the international break, but it needs to happen nevertheless. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think it might have to be till after the international break. And I made the point earlier. I think your best championship winning sides are usually built on strong defences. So uh, I'd like to think he has a, a back four and sticks with it or a formation and sticks with it. I would, you know, I don't think four, four at the back necessarily works for us. I think we're better with a three or a five at the back you know, and play that way. Uh, I'd always give him time. I could think at, at the end of the day, you know, who the bloody hell, if we got rid of Frank Lampard, would we go to out there that we haven't been to before? And please don't say Pochettino. 
you know, some yeah, people serial winner, isn't he? Eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He hasn't he hasn't won a thing. So great, we get Pochettino and we finish third or fourth. Yeah, so fine, we'll be Arsenal then. No, I, I think you've got to be patient with Frank. You know, it's we're building something here, and I like to think we're building for the long term. It's not going to be instant. You know, you've got all these new players coming in, but you want to retain some of those young players, and that'll take a, a bit of time to gel. You know, and I'm I'm optimistic, I'm patient, and I, I think we'll get there. You know, there's a lot of football to be played this season. You know, let, let's let's judge Frank Lampard at the end of the season, like you know, not the first week of October. But where's the fun in that, Mark? Where where would Twitter be without that? Eh? And I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to write articles or do podcasts. If we couldn't wig out every week saying, "Oh, it's all going horribly wrong. We're all going to die," you know. But there you go, mate. I totally agree with you, as you well know. No, like, like, life would be a little bit, lot longer and not a shorter. People getting stressed out, you know, because Mason Mount is playing. You know, you know, you know or, or Tammy Abraham, Abraham missed a chance. Chill out, folks. You know what so we this, should this do, don't a- you? You know what we yeah, should this, do? This is a long season. We yeah. should we should postpone all podcasts from now on. We'll no longer do a weekly podcast after the game. We'll wait thirty years and then we'll analyse it in thirty years' time, like we do with the fifty years show. Won't we'll be able to remember any any of it, Jude. <laughs> probably, we'll <be> <laughs> yeah, probably a good thing, J.K. I'll be dead. Yeah. Do you know what the sad thing is, though? Uh, we won't be able to say, "Yeah, I was at that match." That's a really sobering thought, isn't it? Uh, anyway. Something that is not a sobering thought is uh, the wonderful Chelsea specials, which uh, you can download from chelseaspecial.podbean.com. If you want to have some great interviews done by my good self and Martin King, we interviewed the likes of Kerry Dixon, Bobby Tambling, Chopper Harris, Tommy Baldwin, Johnny Boyle, Johnny Bumstead, Gary Chivers, Colin Pates and Canners, as well as Danny Harkins, believe it or not. Uh, they're all fa- they're all fantastic. I really do commend them to you. These guys really opened up to us Uh Probably because we paid them. No, 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 because they knew that we knew our onions and they kind of felt comfortable. That's the real reason. But anyway, you can get them all for two ninety nine each. Uh, as I said, we all we pay them, so we need to kind of cover our costs. And uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Chelsea underscore Special. We're on Facebook as well. Uh, we have a website, ChelseaSpecial.com, although I've done absolutely bugger all with it for the last few months. But uh, you get them from ChelseaSpecial.podbean.com. Do it. Anyway, we will be back uh, in the next part to talk about Barnsley getting filleted, I think, like a Barnsley chop. That's what we did. Anyway, we'll speak to you in a sec. Cheech. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Cheech, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match... And they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month. And you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. 
I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stamford Chidge. Him over there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Him in the middle, Mr. Dane Whittle. Good evening. And uh, our right winger uh, is, in the football sense, of course, uh, Mr. Mark Meehan. Good evening. There you go. For, for some reason, I've kind of got you all on the speaker view, so we're all on little windows at the top, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually the right winger. You are, you are right centre-back, Mark. I've changed what, my mind. Your left back. Okay. Marcus Alonso, JK. I like that. I'd I'd love to have his hair. Yeah, I can tell. Um, Anyway, uh, it's time for us to talk about the uh, Caribou Cup match from last, uh, I think it was Wednesday, wasn't it, Chelsea v Barnsley? Uh, A surreal experience. I... I, You know, I couldn't... I just couldn't resist. I I decided to be a mug and I paid the Caribou, Caribou people 10 quid for their for their uh, their stream. I have to say it was very very good. It was good quality and I sat up here in my office and watched it on my big screen on my big computer screen and it was it was okay. Uh, mine went down five times. Did it? And what about your match? Carry on fancast tonight. Carry on, carry on, fancast. Chidge is on fire. I hope so. Anyway, look, bottom line is there's not really much to talk about, I don't think. I mean, you know, we absolutely wallop them. I do think that they they gave it a go, actually, I have to say. I mean, I, I thought that they pressed us hugely. I always felt, though, that they just wouldn't be able to live with us if they were, if they went off at that, that tempo uh, and that they would tire. Um but uh, you know the other great thing, of course, uh, you know the, the the real standout, obviously, was uh, you know was was Havertz, his performance. I just thought absolutely. And Willie. Well, and there's there's many, 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 many. But let's talk about Havertz first because he did get a hat trick, uh, and I think I said to you, didn't I, J.K. Either on Twitter or somewhere else, he is silky smooth. He he really is. There's something really quite lovely about watching Kai Havertz play. He has got such a lovely touch on that ball. Uh, you know, I, 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 we all played football here uh, to various degrees. I, I happen to be absolutely shit. Um, because some people are just born with that gift that the ball is their friend. And when they when they want it to do something, they can just do it like that. Whereas for me, I had to think about it and then I still had two left feet. He, he just exudes that it, the ball is his friend and it's just... It's lovely watching him play. I think he's going to grow and grow and grow 
into being such a good player for us. But uh, it, that first, I mean, Tammy scored first, obviously, but that that um, that first goal he scored where Tammy, uh, you know, dummied the ball, JK, and he just arrived at the right time. It was a thing of beauty, I thought. I'd call him slinky rather than smooth. But that I wouldn't work, is... you see. You wouldn't get the Zohan reference. Silky no, smooth. Silky no, smooth. I, I'm, we're a bit fed up with the Zohan okay. reference. As a, as a pri- a prize here, the first person on Mixler who can name me the two dogs that Zohan had uh, shipped over with him in the crates. What were they called? And uh, somebody will do it. What, what would the prize be, Judge? I don't know. I'll think of that. But anyway, I mean... I thought that first yeah, goal was well, great. Goal. He was great. He was great. He 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 great opportunity for all three goals and and looked. He, I'll keep on about it. He's got a kind of a Mickey Fillory esque kind of um, um, slinky. Mate, mate, just, listen. Uh, I love Mickey Fillory, but but Mickey Fillory is not fit to lace his boots. You know that. <laughs> Mickey Fillory on his day, Jidge, was. I'm sure Mark will agree with me. Was fantastic, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, he Mickey, his, his, his fantastic performances were about one in ten, weren't they? That was a trouble. Mickey Fillory, there's something about a left foot player. You know, I, you know as, as a left foot player myself, I, I love seeing a player, you know, you know, left foot because you know most players are right footed in the modern game and in the old game as well. So Havertz, beautiful left foot he's he's got. I think the other yes. thing I'd say about the game, and it brings back to what we talked about earlier, I think the most frustrating part, you know, about you know, that last week it was a brilliant win, is that's precisely the game you'd want to be in a stadium for. You know, to see him get his first hat-trick for Chelsea, you don't want to be watching it on TV. I, I, I didn't subscribe to the Carabao tax. I, I did an illegal stream. Um, but yeah, <laughs> They never the... work for me, Mark. They never, ever work. And I just get really frustrated. That's what, what language spun... was it, Mark? What language was it? Worked for me. Uh, I think it was some form of Arabic language. I, <laughs> I think it guess what country it was. Yeah. There was lots of screaming and shouting when certain players scored. But... Um, that's the sort of game you'd want to be in the stadium for. Yeah, a 6 0 right. win, fair play to Barnsley, they made a game of it. You don't want teams parking the bus, it's boring. But getting his hat trick, you'd want to be there to see his first goal, his first hat trick. So that's another kick in the seat for not watching live football. Yeah, definitely. Now, a very quick interjection before I go to Dane. Uh, the lovely Mark uh, Aurelius13, you are right. Scrappy and Coco, well done, Mark. Those were uh, Zohan's two dogs. Uh, I'm not sure. I think they might have been silky, silky and smooth as well, a bit like Havertz. Um, I will definitely send. I'll tell you what, Mark. If you, if you, uh, you know, let get get me uh, your address, and I will send you a signed Kerry Dixon mini banner. How about that? There you go. I'm all heart. Um, now, uh, the other interesting thing, uh, you know, that obviously that we we saw on uh, on Wednesday, because I mean, the team selection I thought was quite quite interesting. Uh, uh, Dane, you know, it was a lot. It was a kind of a, it was a very interesting mix match of a strong normal first team side and trying to get some miles in the legs of the people that you know we've just bought or are getting back. I mean, you know, obviously Caballero in goal was a no brainer. I mean, irrespective of uh, how Kepa's been playing, I think I think Willie would have started because you know we tend to tr- uh, change goalies uh, in the Caribou Cup. Aspie obviously needed some some minutes because he hasn't been playing. Same with Tamori. Silver gets to make his debut. Emerson because clearly uh, he wanted to rest James and or uh, Alonso. So that would that was a, a, a typical Caribou Cup pick, I think. 
Uh, Barkley, a typical Caribou Cup pick. Kovacic and Mount, you know, would quite often be starting. Havertz needed the time. Hudson was given Hudson and was given a chance to shine, uh, and Tammy Abraham was given a chance, having not really played. So I thought it was a really interesting side that he picked. But the most pleasing thing of it for me, I think, was to see the way that Tammy and Havertz combined so well. That was uh, something I didn't expect because we've all been looking for you know Werner and uh, Havertz to gel, but it was good to see him do that with Tammy. Yeah, it was. He's, he's such a silky player. Uh... Well, slinky, silky, whatever you want to say. Elegance, Havertz. He's going to end up being Spelt. our Rolls Royce, I think. Svelte. Like <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> He'll end up being a Rolls Royce of a player. Uh, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago on 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 here that he he plays very straight back. You know, like Pullet and uh, Ruben do. Obviously, different sorts of players, but the style of him and how he runs. And uh, I'm glad Clayton mentioned it. I think last week as well. He said. He will drift in and out of games and he can come across some people might misinterpret him as being lazy, but it's not. It's just the way he is. When he when he's on that ball, he, he, he you say his touch and his, his movement and his uh, the way he passes is with so much ease. Although uh, I thought Barnsley made it easy for us uh, by once you got past that press, we had a lot of space. Uh, it was encouraging to see Tammy and Kai link up so well. And I wonder if that's what, what made Frank uh, pick Tammy against West Brom. Uh, obviously, you, you always get the question of more youngsters playing, but as Frank Lampard explained in his uh, beforehand, that they're in separate bubbles, so he couldn't really bring any other youngsters through, uh, which is quite interesting because a lot of the other Premier League clubs did, so we must have a different way of doing it down down at Cobham. Uh, but yeah, it was nice. And regarding Emerson, I think he's been a bit unlucky. Obviously, Alonso seems to be ahead of him at the moment. But I thought he had a good game. He ended up, up on the right wing at one point. I think he finished the game because he was filling in for the substitutes who was coming on. Uh, yeah, it was a nice balance. And I think it was a good game for us. It was a pre-season feel. And I think... Yeah, I mean, good. I think, you know, Barnsley were, were you know, not not to be underestimated. You know, they really, they really did give it a go, and I, I love their manager uh, Gerhard Struber, who looked like he's the kind of bloke you don't want to meet in a dark alley late at night. I tell you, he's nails. He's Austrian, is he Austrian? Yeah, he's Austrian. Austrian. But um, you know, they they weren't there just to make up the numbers. I, I mean, I, it was kind of one of those games where I think had they scored first, it might have been a very, very different game. But you know, thankfully, you know, us putting the ball in the back of the net. Uh, on 19 minutes, uh, you know, certainly, I think, you know, fundamentally changed the game. And then once once Havertz got going, it was it was game over, really. And they, and as I said, I think they tired. I mean, the number of goals that we scored by picking their pocket, you know, just showed you the difference in in class, really. And I think perhaps the fact that they were they were tiring a bit. Now, J.K. Emerson, you know, we've we've talked a lot about him on the show uh, over the years because quite often he's he's absolutely rubbish. And he and he clearly looks like he doesn't want to be here. We spent most of the last season saying he he definitely wanted out. I mean, I think pretty much from from December we were talking about that. But I, I'm with Dane here. I thought actually he looked up for it and he and he played quite well. He he looked a much better player than he has done in the past. Now I know it's only Barnsley, but nevertheless, I think he still played pretty well. Well, it makes a change, doesn't it? Because yeah. he's been it makes he's been absolutely useless in so many games. I'm sorry, where. He didn't team up for it. He comes on as a sub or he substituted at half-time or he just passes the ball backwards all the time. His first move is backwards. Doesn't take anybody on. Doesn't seem to be defending well. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of his. I mean, I, I actually thought the Barnsley game, we were lucky. 
because they started off wonderfully. It hadn't been for Caballero with his with his saves, um, some of which I'm not convinced Kepa would have saved. Uh, we would have been two down. I thought the defence was pretty feeble at the beginning, and we were we were lucky to get the goal, and then it all it fell apart from them for them. But we were it was mostly down to defensive errors on their part that seemed to be out of kilter with the rest of the way they were playing, which I thought was really good. And uh, and I think if he plays like that. They're not doing very well, are they, Barnsley, in the division? But if he, if they, the team play like that as well as that, they'll they'll finish high up the the table. I think I was really impressed with them, and I thought we were fortunate, um, and it, we were just uh, we were very on the ball for for um, breaking them down, for for pressing them and making them make those mistakes. But for the rest of the game, we were second best a bit, and it's this second best bit that I'm I'm really getting slightly worried about with the team because for me, there's no excuse for that. We're, we're We've got a very, very talented team, which are going to get better and better. But uh, and I, I just want it to get better. I'm impatient as soon as possible. But um, I appreciate it. It takes some time to bed them in. I do get that. But I do want it. To, I, I do want them to stop not doing the, the the basics, which one of which is just competing. For goodness sake, if Barnsley spent the first 15 minutes getting the ball more than we did, or 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 just being first to the ball better. What is going on? I don't get this in the in the team at the moment. Is he not sending them out properly? Is he not geeing them up enough? Are they not got, you know, playing for it? What were you going to say, Dane? Yeah. I, I, I've been, does that come into good effect, what Chidge was saying about the lack of a defensive midfielder? Because once Barnsley pressed us, they was putting a lot of pressure on our defence. And you was right, they had a, quite a few chances which Willie saved. You've got a good defensive midfielder in there protecting and screening that defence, then it could be a different story. So could you crying out for one? Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if, you know, it's a very. I think J.K. might have got the seed of a decent point there, Mark, because there's a sense to me that you know psychology. I mean, I know I'm biased because because of what I do for a living, but I think the psychology that goes on in football is very, very, very important. Um, and I mean, you know, I played I played football even at a very shit level, but it's important there too. The mentality that you bring to the pitch is very, very important. And I think, you know, I think sometimes, I, I you know, having so much talent can be a bit of an Achilles heel for you because you just expect it to be easy. And if you're really, really talented, then you think, well, I don't have to do the hard yards, don't have to do the work because I'm so good. And I do wonder if that kind of mentality creeps into Chelsea a bit, which of course stinks because the reality is, is that working bloody hard is a minimum requirement. That's the first thing that you have to do. And then if you've got a lot of ability and talent on top of that, then you're going to win far more games than you lose. But you're not going to win anything if you don't put it in 100%. You've got to work hard. And I, and the thing I don't understand, Mark, is that, you know, as we all know, we, we watched Frank's entire career. And, you know, Frank, by his own admission, would say that there were many, many, many uh, players in the world in his position who probably had more natural talent than he did. But I don't think anybody worked as hard as Frank did. And that's what it's about. So I can't understand why he isn't get inculcating the players with that kind of mentality. No, fair, fair point. Yeah, yeah. Mentality is a fundamental part of the game, uh, and you know you could have a situation. We saw at West Brom that you know people are complacent. You know, mentally they go out onto the pitch thinking it's only Barnsley, it's only West Brom. You know, and then you know we we were you know JK's right. We were lucky. Caballero did, did make some good saves early on, but we weren't so lucky against West Brom. So there could be a bit of complacency mentally where players are going out thinking you know 
you know, we're better than them. And then suddenly they get, they actually get a shock. Yeah. Or there's a mentality, you know, for some players, if they aren't a regular in the side, players lack confidence or they're afraid of making a mistake. You know, so that affects how, how they play as well. And again, I listened to last, last week's show. I know it was a bit of revisiting the Kepa thing as well, but I did read Robert Enker's book. And I thought it was absolutely brilliant you made that point about Robert Enker. You know, you know, having read that book, that mentality of, you know, you know what was going on in that young man's head, you know, and the tragedy that happened to his life is, you know, football is only human. You know, you know, some players are much more confident than others. You know, maybe it doesn't impact on Messi or Ronaldo. They go out confident every game. But I'm sure we talked about Callum Hudson-Odoi and some of the things he does. You know, sometimes maybe he does that because it's a confidence thing and mentally he's thinking, oh, I better not do that just in case I mess it up. And if yeah. I mess it up, I won't be in the side next week. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah the, you know, the psychology is there for every single player. But I accept it'll probably impact on, you know, some, some more than others. Some are just really confident and there won't be anything that will get them down. But others, you know, it does affect them. And then comes back to the manager for Frank. Frank's got to be different things to different people. Some of those players, he's got to put his arm around and that's how they'll respond mentally. Perhaps Alonso, you know, talking about him going on the coach and getting a bollocking afterwards, you know, he might be the type of player that he only responds to a kick up the arse, you know, and that's he, how he responds, you know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, talking of uh, of making a point, <clears throat> Mark, I, I thought it was, you see, this is a bit of an, an enigma. We still don't know what really went on with Ficayo Tomori. I, I, I have to say, I, I think... I think that Tamori is potentially our best central defender. I really do. I saw enough of him last season to make me think that. And I'd love to know what went on as to why he didn't really get... I mean, I know he had a few injuries and stuff, but he did seem to be kind of, you know, cast aside somewhat. Um, Really good to see him start. I I think, as I said, JK, I think he's got all the attributes to be a really, really good central defender. He certainly needs to be staying. I don't think we should be loaning him out. Was that a, a that was just rumored a knee jerk reaction, didn't it, to the fact that he didn't appear to be in the squad and now he's clearly in the squad? So, but uh, it's a complete mystery, isn't it, as to why he wasn't picked for the second half of the season, considering he'd apparently been so uh, um, he'd played so well at the beginning and he even had an England call up, didn't he? So, I, I'm I'm um, that's something we'll we'll have to wait for you know. Frank's book or Tamori's book or something, or uh, because I'm I'm confused by it. He, he seems to be a very decent player to me with the ability to. He seems to tick all the boxes. He's he's quite belligerent. He heads the ball very well, and uh, and he plays the ball out well. And he's got a decent shot about him. So uh, I'm I'm confused actually, confused of Hammersmith. You know, confused of that will be your the name of your autobiography, won't it? Uh, confused of uh, yeah, Hammersmith. That'll be. I didn't know you could do that. Oh, really? Okay, well, fair enough. Mark, I know you wanted to leap in there. Yeah, again, um, it does confuse me as well, so I'll I'll be confused of Greenford. Um, Of all all the defenders, um, I I think Tamori is my favourite defender. He also, what I wanted to make the point, he won the Player of the Year under Frank at Derby County. You know, so he's, you know, Frank Frank had a whole season with Derby, so he sees what he can do. So, yeah, we're not on the train again. We don't see what goes on. You know, we're not in the inner echelons or Stamford Bridge. Something clearly happened because he was frozen out last season. There's no question. And, you know, I, I thought he was going in, you know, in the transfer window, whether he was going on loan or going permanently. I still think a defender will go. And I think we were talking earlier about where's Rudiger, where was Zuma? You know, could it be one of them instead? You know, have the board said to Frank, well, somebody has to go if, for argument's sake, Rice is coming in. 
Yeah. Know, so you have to decide which one it is. And maybe for all along, he was thinking all summer it was going to be Tamori. But I'd keep Tamori now and I'd, I'd have him in the team. You know, and I think he could learn a lot playing beside Silva. Well, you know, and he can make him a far better player than he already is. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I have to say, you know, the, the uh, I, I kind of mentioned this at the beginning of our little uh, little uh, Barnsley or Chelsea Barnsley chat, but the thing that I found most interesting, you know, it, I think that we're we're beginning to see a bit of an evolution uh, with this Chelsea side. Now we know that I know it's like an obvious thing to say, isn't it? Uh, particularly with all the new players coming in, but you know, the first uh, Caribou Cup match that we played. Last season, we had the likes of Angerin, Matson, uh, Broya playing, all these kind of, you know, it was a real excuse to play the youth. There was no youth in that side given being given a game other than players that actually established themselves last year. To wit, uh, Tamori, uh, Mount, uh, Abraham, hudson Adoy. And, I mean, instead, you've got the likes of Silver playing. I mean, I, can't, I know that there are reasons behind this. Barkley, Kovacic, Havertz. And I think, you know, we've said for ages and ages and ages that, you know, we need to have a much better uh, squad, you know, in terms of depth than we've had for quite a while. And I think that is somewhere that we're going to, Dane, isn't it, with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'd like to echo everything that was said on Tomori. He is, he was my favourite defender last year. Yes, it's it's so encouraging to to see all these players. You know, obviously through the seasons, we all have our favourites and other players. We sort of oh, sigh if they're in the team, but this is could be becoming one of my my most favourite squads. Uh, with potentially who's going to be coming in? If you if you think as well, I said earlier about. I know certain young players couldn't have been used because they're in a separate bubble to the first team. If you, the Andrins and the Matsons are so uh, you know, highly regarded, obviously Billy Gilmore coming back in. Plus, obviously we've got Pulisic and Zayek. And wow, if you guys wait to see how 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 well Zayek can spread the play with that wand of a left foot, it, it's so exciting watching this team. So whether it will be a Carabao Cup or Champions League, FA Cup League, it's. It, it, Every every game is just going to be such a joy to watch if if due to the attacking uh, quality of the players. Yep, absolutely. Um, th- have you got your hand up, Mark? Yeah. Then off you go. I echo what Dane said. This team is evolving. You know, this team's going to grow. You know, we haven't got every player fit yet. We haven't seen some of our players play yet. So that's why I, I am tolerant. I'm patient. I'm optimistic. You know, I think things will definitely get better. We've got some players like Zayic is a good example. He's not played yet other than a pre-season friendly. So, you know, I don't get the gloom and doom merch. And yes, we were rubbish in the first half, but we showed resilience in the second half against West Brom. You know, so I, I think the future is bright. The future is blue. Lovely. Uh, what a good... Sorry, uh, isn't the future pink? Isn't it pink? No, no. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Never. No, was it Amber and Aquamarine? Aquam- yeah, what's it called? Yeah. What, they've what named it. That Why they, did they come up with that? Marine. Wasn't she in Stingray? They've named it after Marina. <laughs> Aquamarina Granovskaya. Aquamarina. All right, you rabble. Uh, time, time to wrap up the uh, the, the Chelsea versus uh, Barnsley Caribou Cup because, you know, this is the craziness of this season. I think this is going to be a real feature of it. It's going to be mental. So many games on. We haven't even got to the Champions League yet. You wait till that all starts, blimey! So that means that uh, on Tuesday night, uh, tomorrow night, because we're 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 still in Monday at the moment, uh, we we now face Spurs, which uh, is a bit of a humdinger at this stage of the competition. And we will be back in part four in a minute 
uh, to talk all about that. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. Uh, this is Stanford Chidge uh, on the Chelsea Fancast, of course, uh, in the home straight, part four, with me old mucker, Mr Jonathan Kidd, strike a light, knock it on the head, Chief Bollocks. Hello, Chidge, go on, it's a pea super. Go on, I could do with a kappa. What is that th- that funny blow you did with the, without the teeth at the Chelsea match? Stick it up, up. You just like it. Come on, Chelsea. Come on, Come Chelsea. On. Stick it up the pitch. That's more like it. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, and thankfully, we have some normal guests on as well. And they are Mr. Dane Whittle. Hello, sir. Pleasure to be here. The uh, the Meister of the Instagram account. In fact, if you know if you if you're on if you're on the Instagram, uh, you know at Chelsea Fancos Instagram, it is it is Dane that will be, uh, you know, you'll be speaking to a lot of the time. Isn't that right, Dane? Yeah, I still leave my name just so they <laughs> they know if I reply to anything, I always put my name. Yeah, because you know, we're uh, we're about fifteen away from a thousand, which wow. would be a nice feat. Superb, mate. I was going to say it must be difficult for you when you're getting all that abuse. Because uh, they think it's me, and actually, it's really you. <laughs> I think they're upset when they realise it's me. And oh it's no, no, I do go on there. It's just I'm not very good with Instagram. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, last but by no means least, uh, Mark Meehan, a fantastically lovely guy, uh, also uh, an, an esteemed Chelsea author, having written, co-written the Eddie Mac Eddie Mac book. Uh, what else have you done? You've done a few others, haven't you? Oh. Uh... Let me think. I've wrote for the Chelsea magazine, the official magazine, till Ken Bates barred me. Uh, <laughs> I, I did a book for the Chelsea Independent. Uh, I did my own book. You find it on Amazon somewhere, all oh, about nearly 20 years ago, called Blue Tomorrow. There you go. So and, uh, We still should do the Ken Bates show, Chidge, someday. I, well, when we run out of years for the 50 years, we're going to have to start being a bit thematic, I think, because they're just too much fun to... I, I mean, I have to say, you know, we have all had so much fun doing them haven't we i mean it's it's unusual that you can you can say that that you know that we've all absolutely enjoyed it as much as we have but we we genuinely really have so uh i i consider that uh in the in the in the pipeline that one all ken right would be good Chidge. you want if he's ken bates would be good if mark's been barred by him and i've been smacked around the head by him and jonathan's a mate of his <laughs> yeah he's my friend yeah. i'm uh, i'm susanna's actor friend actor pal there we go um all right now um Last part of the show, uh, for which we need to cover uh, tomorrow night's uh, game in the Caribou Cup against Spurs, of all people. And we'll also have a bit of a catch-up on the Premier Prem Predictions League that uh, me and, in fact, actually me, JK, Dane and Mark are all in the league. So I should be giving the latest on those. But uh, let's let's look at tomorrow night first. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, I always like to have a look at the recent record, uh, no matter who we're playing. And... Against Tottenham in the in the carrot in the League Cup, it's it's a really interesting thing to look at. I mean, we've we've you know played them ten times. I mean, obviously that includes you know double legged affairs, obviously. But we've won five games, drawn two, and lost three. But the quirky thing about playing Spurs in the League Cup is that every game we've played against them in the League Cup has either been a semi final, a quarter final, or a final. Which is really surreal. And of course, the last time 
uh, we played them in the League Cup. We lost 1-0 up there and then we we beat them 2-1 at home. And of course, that went to penalties, uh, at which point Eric Dyer put the ball so far over the net. I think there's, I can't remember which end it was in. I think it was the shed end. So if, Matthew Arden. It was the Matthew. I got that yeah. wrong then. I I, I thought I, I told the last word on Spurs boys that they were still looking for it in Croydon. I should have <laughs> said they were still looking for it in Northolt or something, but there you go. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit quirky. Um, you know, obviously... I mean, I, I forgot this, but we played them uh, in the in the semi-final in 71-72 when we went on to lose to Stoke in 1972 in the final. Uh, and uh, we talked about it on the 50 Years show the other week when we we went up there and beat them 3-0 uh, in, in the second leg uh, in the uh, in the quarterfinal in 1991, only to lose to, um, I think it was Sunderland, wasn't it? Or was it Sheffield? Sunderland. It was Sunderland, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was Wednesday, but it was actually Sunderland. So there you go. So my my first question, really, Mister Jonathan Kidd, yes. is that given that we normally play Spurs in the latter stages of the competition, is this a tie that has come a bit too early? Maybe. Well, I, it depends whether either side is going to experiment, and we know for a fact that Son isn't playing, and uh, Son appears to be the uh, other than Kane. Well, without Kane, without Son, Kane doesn't appear to be the same player. Um, so I think that's a distinct advantage. But um, considering Mourinho's got a game on Thursday, hasn't he? Um, I think the chances of him playing uh, the first team are slim. So I reckon they might... Um, Mug they it might off. Look there. Yeah, and I, I suspect that's going to be the case. Which is, And I think Frank will play a proper side. Or, or Frank will play the players. He'll play Chilwell, I think, all the way through. And he'll play, uh, um, uh, he'll play Mendy. Well, uh, just because it's an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and but I, I don't think he'll do the same eight that he did for um, for the um, the game the other day, the eight changes. But uh, I've just been intrigued to see who he picks. But I think even those eight, I thought the 11 that played against um, uh, Barnsley, Barnsley was a pretty decent setup, you know. So so I think it'll be a strongish side. And as you say, he's not going to play the kids. So I think we'll play a strong side and they'll play a, a deficient side. He might give a few a go, but I... I don't see us having a problem with this, actually. I, I, you know, I think it could go two ways. I mean, you know, I think the other the other issue, of course, is that you know we did the double against them last season by playing three five two, and utilizing Alonso uh, in his better position as a wing back. Um, so I've kind of gone, you know, I've got two possible sides. Personally, I would much rather us play for four three three, which picks up on my point last week about needing a a box-to-box midfielder, a, a destroyer, destructive midfield player, and a creative midfield player. But I'll get to that in a minute. But first of all, I've got a, I've got what I've called a shits and giggles side, basically. <laughs> what is the side that is guaranteed to wind up uh, Tottenham most of all and also just be quite funny if they were selected? So here goes. My shits and giggles side would be 3-5-2 with Kepper in goal. Because of course Kepper's now become our Caribou Cup keeper, you know. Now we've got Mendy, so obviously Kepper has to start. Uh, could some... he be substituted by Willie? Well, he could be, couldn't he, at half time? But anyway, yeah. uh, the back three would be Tamori, Silva, and Rudiger. Rudiger, of course, because apparently he's about to be uh, off ski, so that would be funny. But of course, Spurs hate Rudiger because he got Son sent off, so that would wind them up. And, of course, they were racist towards them, and then they denied that they did it. So that would be shits and giggles. Uh, midfield five would be James, 
Kovacic, Jorginho, Barkley, and of course Alonso, because of course they hate Alonso because they called him a murderer and he always scores against them. And then Havertz and Giroud. So that'd be the shits and giggles side. But what I would much rather see uh, if we were going to play our strongest side at the moment and accommodate people who need to come back in, I would absolutely go 4-3-3 and I would play Mendy, Aspie, Silva, Zuma, Chilwell, Kovacic, Kante and Mount. And the reason I would play Kovacic was because I would I would rather see a midfield three of Havertz, Kante, Mount because I think that that would give us what I want, which is destructive midfielder, creative midfielder and uh, box-to-box midfielder. But in the absence of enough wingers being fit at the moment, I would put Havertz, Werner and Hudson-Odoi as the front three. That's what I would go for, Mark. Not a bad team, Chidge. Uh, although I quite like the Shits and Giggles team as yeah, well. Yeah, that's uh, quite it's amusing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. Yeah, and I think it's Tottenham. You've got to play Alonso against Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. Um, is Mendy fit? Is he ready to go? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, apparently um, in the presser today, uh, Frank said that Mendy and Chilwell are both in the squad. Oh, okay. So there's a likelihood that Mendy, Mendy will probably play then. He'll, he'll have a run out. Uh, I'd probably disagree with JK. I think Tottenham will put a strong team out. Uh, I think they're as good as through in the Europa League now after their game last week. So I think what Mourinho will do is probably put a stronger side out tomorrow night and they'll put a weaker side out on Thursday night you know, oh, in their okay. Europa League game. And again, it's Tottenham-Chelsea. I can't see Mourinho putting a weakened side out against Chelsea. I think Mourinho would want to beat us, especially after we turned them over twice last season. Um, but he'd have an excuse, though, wouldn't he? If he didn't, he'd just say, I don't care. He would say that. Oh, that he'll, kind of... have it, put this way, he'll have an excuse if he loses. You know, bit, if he puts a weak side out, that'll be the excuse. If he puts a strong side out, he'll just say, either I don't care or we're tired or we've got an important game on Thursday or we've played too much football lately. Um, we do know that Son won't be playing. We do know that Kane won't be playing because apparently Jose said as much today. So you take Son and you take... Kane out of that side and as JK put it it would be a deficient Tottenham side because I think arguably the those are their two best players aren't they Dane yeah I was just checking is so is that a second leg they're playing on Thursday Tottenham no it isn't I thought it was a second leg so it's a completely different team they're playing oh so uh, yeah I thought they were quite comfortably through but they're not they're playing a, a completely different team to one they played last Thursday is so one-off games, does, then he'll put a strong oh, side one-off out. one-off games. Yeah. Uh, so, so what's the question, Chid? Sorry, I was checking to Tottenham was playing. Well, I, I think, you know, the point that, that JK made, that, that that he thinks that Jose will deliberately pick a deficient team, my point is, is is that if you don't have Kane or Son in that Spurs team, it is by definition a deficient Spurs team because those two are their best players. Yeah, yeah no, ex- exactly that. And oh, again, is he playing, you know... I'll send you one way, but I'm going to go the other with the, he said earlier, didn't he, that I would, I, he was double guessing a, a journalist. Well, what would you do? Uh, and he tried to make the Europa League uh, seem more important to him. So they haven't got a, a great deal in reserve to, to be worried about. Not that I, I won't expect a tough game. So Kane not playing. Well, um, might get that annoying bug of Deli Ali back in there in, in, in a, some sort of attacking aspect. Uh, he's desperate to make some sort of effort at the moment because he's he's out of favour. Yeah, I, I can't think who they can play up front and if they don't play Kane. Well, Mora. 
Mora? Yeah, Spice. Sorry, yeah, yeah. They was a lot better in the Champions League. He's without a very good player, Mora. There. Yeah, sorry, forgot about him. Yeah. Mm. And Mora, and then they could bring the, the Dutch winger in because he was a sub the other day. Yeah, so they still put a fairly strong team. Well, uh, if we're talking about Spurs, much as it pains me to do so, uh, there's no better person to talk to about Spurs uh, than my old uh, love sport mucker, Mr. Ricky Sachs from uh, Last Word on Spurs podcast. And Ricky, uh, he, I mean, to, he kind of recorded this for me and sent it to me today, which is very kind of him. I've, I've listened to it, well, as much as I could bear listening to it, to be honest, but uh, he, he basically sounds like the, the, the chemical alley version of Tottenham Hotspur in his positivity about Spurs, but it might make you all laugh. So here we go. Hello there, Chidge. Hello there, guys, over at the Chelsea Fancast. This is Ricky from The Last Word on Spurs. I hope you're all keeping safe and well. That's the only hope you're going to get from me at the moment because this is a big, big game for Tottenham against Chelsea. It's a game in which I want Spurs to really take the game to the opposition when it comes to Chelsea. I think from what we've seen from Chelsea so far is they look really vulnerable in front of goal. Really, really vulnerable when it comes to conceding goals. And I think this is a great opportunity for Tottenham to really, you know, stamp some authority. Jose Mourinho, let's be honest about it. Lampard outsmarted him twice last season in the Premier League. And it's about time Mourinho sets that record straight. I'm sure he's absolutely desperate to beat Chelsea. I think if anyone saw that Amazon documentary, All or Nothing, what come out of that was Mourinho's you know, real, real desire to not only finish above Chelsea, but beat them. So, again, this is a massive opportunity for Tottenham to get some bragging rights, of course. But also, like you said, Chidge, I think the only shame is that we're playing Chelsea so early on into this competition. Normally, we meet you guys in the latter stages, like we did last season, where you knocked us out. That's what I'm going to say on that matter. But this is a great opportunity for Tottenham to go far in a domestic cup. I think, as you guys know, you win that first one, that's what sets you on your way. This was Mourinho's first trophy in charge at Chelsea, his first time around. So this is a great opportunity for Tottenham to really have an opportunity to win a domestic trophy under Jose Mourinho. I look at what we're in this season, Europa League, FA Cup, of course the Carabao Cup and the Premier League. And if you're being realistic for Tottenham, that Europa League and Premier League, to navigate yourself through those competitions, it's going to be very, very difficult and you need a bit of luck. Whereas the FA Cup and Carabao Cup, these are one-off ties that, you know, you can really, if you play well, you go through and a great opportunity to win a domestic trophy. And it's been far too long as a Tottenham fan. You know, we've been, you know, over a decade now without a trophy. We need a trophy. Jose Muno is here for that reason, to win trophies at Tottenham. So I think we have to take this game very, very seriously. Now, we did see Toby Alderweireld. We saw Deli Alley not feature at the weekend. I would expect those guys to come back into my thinking, my team ahead of this one. But before I tell you my team, I would like to see Spurs approach this game with a lot more attacking intent. I think that was the most frustrating thing for me last season, is that when I saw Spurs take on Chelsea, we sat back, we allowed Chelsea to have the ball, we soaked up the pressure, and in reality, we didn't bring anything really to both of the games. So for me, I really want to see Spurs go at this game on the front foot. I want to see us attack with purpose. I think there's absolutely no reason why we can't now. With Sergio Regulon through the door and Matt Doherty on the other side, Spurs have got two really exciting, enticing fullbacks that absolutely love to get forward. So Spurs have to use that to their advantage. And I would love to see Spurs go at Chelsea because, as I've said, I think Chelsea are really, really vulnerable at the back. They really, really are. The goalkeeper situation there still isn't ideal. I know they've actually brought a new goalkeeper in, so it'll be very interesting to see what Lampard does in terms of his goalkeeping selection. 
But for me personally, I think Spurs have to approach this game from an attacking perspective. For my team, I would stick with Hugo Lloris in goal. I know there's a debate about whether Joe Hart would come in for the cup games. Paolo Gazzaniga at the moment seems to be out of the picture as things stand. He may get a move before the end of this window. I would think Toby Alavira will come back in to Tottenham starting 11. He will either partner, I believe, either Jaffet Tanganga possibly. Or, again, with Spurs, we've seen defensive options. It may be Eric Dyer. It might be Davison Sanchez. On the right, he's got a decision to make when it comes to if he gives a chance to Serge Aurea, who at the moment looks like he could be leaving Tottenham, or whether he gives another game to Matt Doherty just to keep easing him into this Spurs team. Midfield is always the big debate. I do expect Deli Ali to come back into the Spurs starting lineup. However, I think with Deli, his future is on the line at Tottenham. For the first time in his career, I think there's a genuine chance that Ali could leave Tottenham this transfer window. So we need a big performance from Deli. He always plays well against Chelsea. We need him to do that again for us. So Deli Ali's in my midfield. I would love to also see Tsungi and Dombele. I think this guy, since like I say, we've started the season. There's just been this newfound belief in Tsungi. His body language suggests that he wants to be here. He's patched things up with Jose Mourinho. So Ndombele would be in my midfield. I would like to see Boyebier added in there just to bring a bit of steel. And the creative wizardry of Giovanni Lo Celso I'd like to see as well. And then if Harry Kane could manage it, Harry Kane up top for me. I think it's so important having Harry Kane in this Tottenham team. And of course we do know that Hummin Son at the moment has suffered an injury against Newcastle United. As things stand, as I speak to you guys here on a Monday, we haven't been given really any further information just how bad the Hummin Son injury is. All Jose Mourinho said in his post-match press conference yesterday was he will be out a while. So we're taking it as that he won't be available for the Chelsea game. I am going to go for the game to go 90 minutes. I reckon we'll go into penalties. And I think Spurs on this occasion... We'll do it. I think the mentality is different this season. I hope that's the case under Jose. So I'm going to go for Spurs to win on penalties and the game to be 1-1 over the course of the 90 minutes and Tottenham to advance in the cup. Hope you've enjoyed, like I say, this little preview. If you want to check out more of The Last Word on Spurs, you can find us on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. We're across all audio applications, including iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom. And thanks very much, guys. Yeah, we go. Ricky there, always optimistic about his beloved Spurs, but it's it's not going to pan out like that. I'm absolutely sure of it. Uh, at which point, we should really talk about what we think is going to happen. Um, I mean, you know, JK, who who would you like to see start for us? Hello? Yeah. Are Zayic and Pulisic still injured? Are they not in They the won't squad? be ready until the weekend. Right, 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 right. Um, uh, I'm not convinced that Aspi would play... Uh, in, in your dream team, would play right back. I still think he'll play James. Um, uh, and I think he'll play Silver, give him a go. Um, uh, who knows whether Zuma or Christensen will play. Chilwell will get a go, I think. Um, and yeah, I think Jorginho's um, horse has bolted. So it's uh, Kovacic, Kante and Mount, obviously. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what alternatives are there for Havertz, Werner and, and Adoy. Well, there, there aren't. Well, there, there, there aren't. Are, exactly. There are plenty of alternatives for Werner because you could Werner, play Abraham indeed, or indeed, Giroud. Indeed. But, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, our, only, that, our, I, only, our only fit like winger our only fit winger at the moment is hudson Adoy. Yeah. So I'd play him from the beginning because I felt, in fact, the um, the West Bromwich, we, we suffered through not having a winger from the very beginning. I think I'd like to have had... Because uh, he, was, he was, depending on... James to get the ball in. Having said that, though, if Adoy does play, then do you need 
James to play, perhaps as Aspie does play. But I've always felt that the thing about James and the thing about Aspie is that despite being one of our you know, great servants and a brilliant effort all the time, if, if he wants a, an upgrade on the side, he has to have a fullback that whips the ball in in the same way that Chilwell will do. Because Chilwell, in his, in his brief cameo against Barnsley, whipped those very similar um, uh, Trent Derby, um, uh, why don't you stay, um, um, stuff in from the wing. Um, he, he whipped them in as well, and uh, Robertson as well. He's got that ability, both of them have, which is an upgrade on Aspie's centering, which, let's be honest, has always been a bit hit and miss. But not an upgrade um, on his defending. No, there's the problem. There's exactly the problem we've got. We need, whereas Robertson and uh, and, and and Trent Derby, why don't you stay? Are um, are pretty uh, competent defenders as well, aren't they? So um, uh, it, you, somehow they've got to get them working that way. And I think Chilwell, despite my not being convinced about him, if he ticks those boxes and as as speedy as he was against Barnsley, then I think we've we've plugged that hole. Just hope he doesn't get injured. But then uh, it's, it's a toss-up as to whether James gets in. I don't know. This might be a game for James um, to play and if he's somehow his faults are pointed out. Um, Kovacic had a poorish game against West Bromwich. Didn't seem to get involved that much. But uh, if, to me, when he plays well, is is an upgrade on anybody else. So uh, I would stick with that midfield and Havertz. Um, we just need Werner to actually dis- display his skills. He needs a so goal, important. doesn't he? He needs a goal, absolutely. It's a shame that volley didn't go in. Yeah. And Havertz at the moment is a um, is a, a, a svelte underachiever, um, but who might just uh, might just pull I'm his. I'm sorry, pull his I can't, out. I can't, I cannot, I cannot let that slip. He is. Ha, why is he an underachiever? Because he should be bossing the game. Eventually, he will. Chidge, trust me. I've watched. I watched all of his games last year for Bayer Leverkusen <laughs> in the stadium. Did you, you were fuck? <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm, no, I'm, I saw I'm, a few. That, no, look, I've watched a few videos. Oh, for he, fuck's sake. He, he runs the game. He runs it. He's not doing it for us. No, he he's played it. for us for three I games. I just said, I just said, I just said, when he improves. But it's I not, said you, that. It, I've given him that. But underachieving is if he plays for the, the whole... moment, he is underachieving. Shush, shush for a minute. If he, if you he, shush. No, you shush. <laughs> I'll fucking mute you. Uh, <laughs> you know... If you if he, if he plays for a whole the whole season and doesn't perform, that is underachieving. You know, easing yourself in when you haven't played for a while, when you're new to a team in three games, having scored a hat trick in one game against a bunch of cloggers who could have broken his legs, and laying on a goal of beauty for Hudson Odoi in the last league game, I don't think is underachieving, mate. When Dennis Wise made his debut, oh, he played out of Dennis his skin. Wise. He played out of his skin, Chidge. Oh, shut up. You can't make the comparison. Mark, please bring us back down to some sense and bloody order. Well, there's a few things. On Dennis Wise, he had a brilliant first game against Derby, but then he did struggle for the first part of his first season, Joe. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Touche. But at least he had a brilliant first game. <laughs> he had a brilliant first game against Derby. Absolutely brilliant. When someone finally would take a corner. Yeah. Then he, then he struggled for a little bit after that. Townsend of the two was probably the strongest starter. Uh, now, the question I was going to go, a bit of light-hearted humour. I'm going back to your friend, Mr. Sachs. You know, sorry, it's, it's sticking in my head. Is, is he any relation to the guy that used to present the good old days? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's okay. actually S-A-C-K-S. Oh, OK. Now, my, my team, a slight variation on yours um, in terms of 4-3-3. 
Uh, I would probably stick with your back four, but the only change I'd make was probably Tamori for Zuma. Uh, I think we might sell Zuma. I think it's wrong, but I think we will. Someone's going. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. I think yeah. it might but, be Rudiger. Uh, Tamori yeah. didn't play at the weekend. We talked earlier about the, the midfield sort of struggling at the, at the weekend, and that midfield was Kovacic, Canty and Mount. So could you, for argument's sake, have Reese James in that midfield you know, instead of Kovacic? It's one possibility. Uh, could you have the Schvelt Havertz in midfield yeah, instead of Kovacic? Yeah, and then say have a Tammy or Jury up front. But I'd, I'd probably go with Asby Silva, Tamori Chilwell, James Cantley Mount, and your forward line. Yeah, I, I think my forward line is is as it is because we are, as I said, Hudson and Doyle is the only fit uh, winger at the moment. Uh, which and we know Havertz and or Werner can play there. So that's the that's the kind of slightly different. The, the other thing, the other thing, Chidge, we learned for about five minutes on Saturday is Werner can play right wing back. There yes. was a brief moment in the second half, yeah, where at one stage he was our right wing back, and I thought we've spent all this money for a wing back. Isn't football great? <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Dane, what about you, my friend? Yeah, I Hudson Callum's got to start. You'll be sending out the wrong signal if he doesn't. I'm trying to think who else hasn't started. Giroud hasn't started, so I presume he will. Rudiger, hmm, a 27 year old centre back who potentially is, is still a bit risky letting him go but if he's fifth choice then as 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 mark said and jonathan said someone is definitely going uh yeah yeah i'd, I'd put mendy in goal quite early uh dave would be back chill would be nice to see chill well because i've not seen enough of him i do you know i, I watch a hell of a lot of games but my me watching Chilwell has is, is only ever been for England and the, the times he's played against us and he, he does like to put his foot in and kick kick a few of our players. Got uh, sent off against us before, isn't he? Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and yeah, I don't want to see Jorginho in because Tottenham do have some pacey players and they will get in behind him. So, yeah, again, going back to the bubble, you know, he can't make too many changes because I don't know if other teams are doing it, but we're, we're clearly sticking the first team in the bubble. So you're not you're not going to see a lot of change, you know, like like the Barnsley game, like Werner, you know, certain players will be on the bench who are part of the first team. Yeah, I think that whole bubble thing is an issue, actually, Dane. I think you're spot on. I think Paul, Paul Burgess on uh, Mixler made the same point, and I think he's right. So how, how do we see it going? I mean, look, personally, I think... Uh, I think it's a really tricky tie because this is a game Frank Frank gets this so much you know he's kind of very much of the same mind as us you cannot mm. lose to Spurs and he knows that and then there's the Jose factor you cannot lose to Jose he did the double against them last year playing the 3-5-2 which I think is also you know the bit of a, a wild card in here as well but I really can't see him I just can't see him taking this lightly and, and, and fielding a weak side. And as a result of that, I, I also, I mean, you know, Jose, he's lost twice. Uh, he, he had the double done over him last year by Chelsea, which he will hate. He had the double done over him by Frank Lampard, which he will hate. You know, I cannot, I cannot see Jose taking this lightly either. In a sense, it's a game that neither of them will want to lose. And therefore, I think it might be really, really tight. I think it might be might be close it might be cagey i wouldn't be surprised to see it uh you know go to penalties as well uh what i don't want to see is penalties for dodgy handball decisions like we saw on sunday unless it's against spurs obviously that that's acceptable 
I mean, I, I'm going to go for 2-1, but I, it could equally, I reckon, be 2-all and a, and a win on pens, hopefully. So there you go, JK. What do you reckon of that? I think we'll win 3-1. Okay. So having seen your prem predictions this week, I'm worried already. <laughs> Did I finish bottom? I'll, I'll, I'll reveal all in a minute. 3-1? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Mark? Uh, it's going to be tight, uh, but I think there'll be goals in it. Um, I think I'll go 3-2. But again, the beauty about playing them so early in the season, um, there's no better time to play you know, Tottenham any time. And I think if we get a win against Tottenham, I think that does give a huge boost, not just to the side, but to our support as well. You know, you know, If you think when we played Tottenham last year, that period over Christmas where we had a bit of a lull, we go and win at Tottenham, huge boost. You know, Glorious unpredictability is Mr. Worrell. God bless him. Hope he gets well soon. Yeah. Does talk about. So again, a win against Tottenham is a boost on the field and off the field. So 3-2 at Chelsea. Mm, okay. Dane? Yeah, uh, I think Frank's got his number uh, twice with us, once with Derby. And I think it will be very comfortable. I'm very optimistic and going on quite a few of the early 90s games when we went to a White Hart Lane and won three nils and four ones. I'm going for... Ooh, three or three or four Chelsea goals. My God, and a Werner hat trick as well. Why not? <laughs> that would be lovely. I think, I think we will open them up on their very big pitch. Well, let's hope so. I can't wait. It'd be a cracker either way. Always is playing Spurs. Now, um, we mentioned uh, we have referred to this throughout the evening, but uh, as you probably know by now, we have our very own uh, Prem Predictions League. Thanks to the lovely Chiro and Scorgeous. Uh, so basically, Chelsea Fancast has a league of 31 players. I, I do believe, you know, it's still open. I mean, you can come and join it. There's a there's an article uh, uh, in, uh, on the website. If you if you go and look through all the latest news, you'll 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 find it sooner or later. Uh, so you can still join it. Um, although the trouble is, if you join it now, you're you're going to be, you know, four weeks behind. And that's if you if you've got any aspirations of winning it, then you can. You know, I don't know. Actually, anything can happen in this, but I would imagine it would impede your chances of doing well. Uh, now, we th- these are not the complete results because obviously the Fulham uh, Villa game. Actually, I, I might just check actually just to see if the things have shifted. But you know, I wrote this before the uh, Fulham Villa game, and obviously the uh, Liverpool Arsenal game is <clears throat> going on as we speak. But uh, our old friend, Mister, uh, you know, Joe uh, Mingola who absolutely barnstormed it in the first uh, in the first week uh and actually he was the top of the entire league there's like 17 1600 people who play this joe was on top of the whole lot i mean that's absolutely superb so um you know he uh, is still top of our prem predictions league in the chelsea fancast league uh with a whoppingly impressive 387 points uh, i know i know um you know he he didn't do so well this week, which of course I mean this is the thing. I mean at the moment the results are absolutely bonkers, which I'll go into in a minute. Joe Wadsworth is in uh, second place. Je- uh, he's got uh, three hundred twenty-eight points. Jarek uh, Koska is in third with two hundred fifty-seven, and uh, and uh, everybody else is doing very well apart from uh, me. I'm doing absolutely pants, but I have to say, I mean okay, there is mitigation with this. Because Jonathan only figured out how to actually make it work this week. So he's kind of technically a couple of weeks behind. But I have to say, Jonathan, getting a, a whopping minus 87 points in your first week playing 
is a remarkable achievement, even by your standards. You never told me there were minuses in this. How did I do that? This is the great thing about this. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because you get you get minus points, right? If you uh, hang on, I need to get back to the the ting. You get minus points if you predict every game wrong. For example. <laughs> Okay. Uh, although I have to say, you 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 have probably gone up. You might not be bottom because you you got you well Jesus. You predicted three one Villa Fulham. Yeah. Well, you got twenty seven points for that. So. So I'm now minus sixty. Minus sixty seven. So or no minus sixty. That's right. So you'll do much better for that. But you did manage to predict every other game comprehensively wrong, and that's why you get minus points. Okay. So okay, so try not to get the wrong predictions. But as I said, you, you are you are no longer bottom. In the new updated table, you are now thirtieth. Okay, on minus out of, 30, out of thirty-one. Uh, yeah, Tony Tony's bottom, but then Tony didn't play this week because he's got other stuff going on for him. So a bit yes. of mitigation there. Um, but don't worry, mate. I mean, you're not, you're not no, alone. I'm not worried. I've already done my next week's prediction. Uh, don't worry. I mean, I am doing atrociously. I am I am on a grand total of minus... Uh, what, what am I? Uh, oh, I'm on 11. I was on 20 earlier on, but Villa fucked that for me. So I'm now... I'm, mm. I'm, I'm actually gone up a bit. So that's bizarre. Dave DeBras managed to drop behind me. But I'm... I'm in 27th position. Sorry, 26th position. Um, but the others are doing well. Dane, well, Dane's in 23rd. Uh, yeah, um, you've got uh, 44 points. Um, somebody shot up the table. Marco Marco is in 17th and 114. Mark Meehan is doing... No, he's not doing the best out of us, lot. Uh, Martin is. But Mark's in 12th with 130 and Martin Wickham, surprise, bloody surprise, is the, doing the best of the Chelsea fancast mob. He's on 179 points. So there you go. So I think we have a lot of work to do. Uh, well done, Mark, for being uh, the least bad of all of us. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, my, I mean, I had a horror show. I mean, I, I predicted 3-1 for Wolves. They lost 4-0. 3-1 for City. They lost 5-2. Uh, 3-1 for Spurs. They drew one all. Uh, I did all right with Leeds. Um, I said 3-0 and they won 1-0 and I got lots of points for that. And I actually got uh, a lot of points for Palace and Everton. I said 2-3, but it was 1-2. But all the others have been a horror show. It's not easy, this game. It's not easy. And it's not helped by some of the freaky result that happened over the weekend. You know, you could only be the most optimistic Leicester fan to sort of even guess that they'd score five at Man City. And the week before, you know, you'd only been a Crystal Palace fan that had predicted they won at Manchester United. So it just shows, you know, anyone can beat anyone at the moment and so many away wins as well over the weekend. Well, I, I think you're absolutely right, Mark. And uh, it's early season lunacy as we all get before things settle down. Uh, because, you know, like us, a lot of teams have got new players to integrate. They haven't had much of a pre-season, yada, yada, yada. I do think you're right, though, about about the other outlier, which is, of course, no fans in the stadium, which is making it a very level playing field. There, there are two things at play here, I think. One is that there are no fans getting behind the home team, which makes it easier for the away team. But, of course, secondly, no home fans to pressure the referee for decisions. And I think that's beginning to have an effect as well. So it's making it tough. But you're right. And nobody would have seen Wolves getting humped by West Ham or City getting humped by Leicester. 
Um, and I mean, you know, we didn't do ourselves any favours. I didn't see us drawing against West Brom. So there we go. But uh, Dane, uh, how do you how do you feel about this? You're in 23rd. We're all doing very... I mean, I have to say, most of the fan cast are in the bottom half of the table. It's a disgraceful performance by you all. Yeah, I know. I'm a bit of a cocky bugger as well. I thought I'd be really good at this. I remember doing the Talk Sport one for quite a few years where you just... You didn't get mine. Um, you didn't get as big minus points at this, but it'd be the same. You know, like you predict the win, lose, or draw, and the correct scores. And I used to do really well at it, so I'm I'm baffled and embarrassed that I'm doing so rubbish at the moment. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. But yeah. I'm enjoying it. If, if my Friday nights now have changed. I've I finally got involved in that. You know, the Premier League fantasy, and now doing this. You know, for an hour on Friday, I'm uh, I'm on the laptop and. Making decisions. It, it is great fun, and and I'm I'm determined to make it even more fun because uh, uh, I do believe that there is a a bit of technology called um, Discord, which is an app mm-hmm. which I have downloaded, and uh, I've got I've got everybody's email address who's uh, who's in 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 the uh, in the league, and uh, I can I can invite you to Discord, which I mean basically Discord's a bit like WhatsApp. Yeah, I've got. I'm on Discord. Yeah, is it is it quite a good little app? Uh, yeah, it thing? is. It is good. Yeah, you obviously you, you you can put the headlines of your of your story to do with 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 your group, and uh, you can filter in and out of groups. Uh, but London is Blue Boys were, were on a Discord group, but didn't really suit me because their time difference obviously would be uh would would be completely different. But yeah, it's worthwhile. It is. It would be a good. Well, go. if I if I have one just for our Prem predictions group. Mm-hmm. you know so yeah, that'd yeah. be quite fun because I, I mean one of the things that we found last year when we were doing this who knows wins uh thing which was you know another another kind of predictions stroke betting thing they had their own chat room so we would quite often be having a, a lot of fun chatting to each other while the games were going on bemoaning west ham letting us down yet again usually so i thought it'd be quite fun for us to have our own kind of prem predictions league uh discord group where we can have a bit of a chat as things are going on, because it does add to it a bit, makes it a bit more fun, brings everybody together. You know, that's what we're about, the Chelsea Fancaster community. So there you go. Anyway, for all of those that are playing, thank you for joining. I hope uh, that you are enjoying it. And uh, let's uh, let's see how we do next week. Hopefully better than this week, in my case. Jesus. Right, okay, that, I'm afraid, is all we've got time for this week. Uh, we will be back uh, on air next Monday to look back at the... Uh, well, that, that would have been this week. Um, what, what have we got? Palace Palace and Spurs games. We'll be looking back on that. Um, I can't for the life of me remember who we've got on, but I can actually consult the Oracle, and I can tell you that next week we will have me and Jonathan, obviously, uh, and the lovely Clayton Beerman and Dean Mears will be joining us, JK. I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely, me too. Tonight, as always. Uh, now, don't forget, we still we will still be doing our 50 years of Chelsea. I've still got to edit the last one. Uh, I've, I've got a few in the pipeline. Uh, we're having a bit of a break on those, and then we'll be starting them again. So there's a few more to go there. But, of course, we will be doing, as I said at the beginning of the show, we're now going to be doing a Friday more kind of preview-y show um, that was uh, very much like uh, our Love Sports show of old. Uh, and we'll have uh, an opposition view from the the, the team that we're playing uh, on the Saturday or the Sunday. Uh, hopefully we'll have somebody like Liam Toomey or Ollie Harbord to tell us what happened in the presser, and we'll have a good old catch-up with the rest of the news. And uh, we will also, you know, be having some of your emails. Talking of which, um, 
you know, we didn't have many from you this week. I don't know. Maybe we upset you by cutting them out of the main show and having it as a separate one. But actually, we did get, get a great idea that came out of the back of that, which is to call our email section in off the post, which uh, some of you will remember was the old Chelsea magazine and days gone by. Uh, their kind of correspondence page, letters to the editor type thing. So we thought we'd purloin that as a sort of homage. So if you want your email, your Patreon message, your Instagram post or your tweet to be read out on the show, then let us know, preferably by the end of the day on Sunday, absolutely latest early Monday morning. I tend to put all the scripts together by Sunday night. Uh, and we will read them out. The email address, by the way, is chelseafancast at gmail.com. And, of course, we can now split them across the two shows, the Monday and the Friday, or we could just have them on the Friday. But either way, same guarantee as ever. You email us, you send us a message, we will read it out. So there you go. Now, the uh, the Fancast, of course, is available as a podcast on chelseafancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And also, um, I have to say, this very, well, it's on Amazon, which means it's on Alexa. I can't say that too loud because otherwise my Alexa will start playing. We don't want that. Alexa. Um, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Actually, I've got my headphones on, so it won't. won't that you. won't. Yeah, that won't be heard. Um, so there we go. Uh, talking of which, uh, there's another great app uh, called CFC Blues, who uh, basically host all of the podcasts that we do and many, many other Chelsea-related podcasts, as they so eloquently put here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. And final bit of pluggery. Uh, I mentioned Patreon a minute ago. Don't forget, if you like what we do, uh, you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron and that helps us to cover the cost of running loads and loads and loads of shows for you guys and hopefully allows us to continue doing that um, it does cost me a bit of money to put them all on so it all does help so thank you so much for those of you who do uh, there's no pressure at all none whatsoever you either want to do it or you don't want to do it I, I love you either way uh, but if you do want to do it you know a few dollars each month is great patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast and it's a good uh, way to get hold of me and uh, send me a message and I'm, I, I'm not too bad I do respond in the end sometimes I do it immediately it's the kind of guy I am you never quite know what you're gonna get uh, right you can follow us at Chelsea fancast me at Stanford Chidge Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd um, Dane at D wit nine and Mark at Eddie Mac B-A-W-A so there you go don't forget uh, at Chelsea fancast on Instagram Dane isn't that right yeah, yeah, come and join me. Have a bit of fun over there. You know, we've got a low following. A lot of people who like to interact. And yes, it's really nice. As I said, we're 15 away from 1,000. So if you've got any uh, family members on Instagram, then tell us to give us a follow. There you go. Expertly Please. said. Uh, right, time for us to go. Uh, it's been great fun as always tonight. A bit of a weird hiatus in the middle, thanks to TalkSport. But, uh, you know, we have to fly the flag, as you know. Uh, Mark, as always, an utter delight to see you. Looking so well as well. Thank you very much, Chidge. Yeah, really delighted to be on the show. Really enjoyed this evening. Yeah, good fun. It's been good fun. You've been great as ever. Dane, absolutely splendid. Good to see you, mate. You've been fantastic as well. Yeah, as I said earlier, struggling a bit with not going at Stamford Bridge. So it's times like this, you know, us talking, we're all Chelsea talking about our beloved blues that it does help fill the void a little bit and it's always an absolute pleasure to be on with you guys it, it does indeed doesn't it I, I you, you're right I'm I'm really beginning to miss miss mm. being there and seeing you lot you know and having a pint in the garden and stuff with the cock it's 
it's beginning to really grate a bit. But it does make a difference when I get to see you at the very least and we get to have a good old chat about <laughs> Chelsea. So yeah. there we go. It kind of makes up for it, but not, you know, it, I'd love to be there. I really would. Uh, and I'd love to be there, not least so that I can sneak in after a game and go to the posh part of the stadium and have a free cup of tea with my old mate, Jonathan Kidd. I miss that. Huge. And, well, I, and then we do a uh, we do a rather sweet video together. We do, don't we? When I'm quite often really pissed, which is quite yeah, funny. Because I, I don't bother to put that one up, but the ones where you're not pissed. <laughs> I, uh, I put up on Twitter. I thought yeah. the one that I was really, really pissed was the best one we did, mate. Didn't it I was, fall over it, or the phone dropped or something? Yeah, everything happened. Yeah, and Clayton was there and Clayton was embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I must have been absolutely shit-faced. You were completely, completely. Yeah. And you sort of took it over and just ranted at the, <laughs> uh, the wrong word. You, you just spat at my camp, my, my phone a lot, you know. So it was, it was... I tell you what, the hardest thing about football nowadays is not actually not being there the hardest thing is having to watch Chelsea sober I didn't realise that this is what football was like until this season can't you try and replicate the experience by just going into the garden and uh, having some imaginary conversations with people I do do that anyway mate (laughs) (laughs) it's just not a bad idea I'll I'll get five pints of Guinness in me you know about half an hour before the match kicks off and, and then do that I don't know Hey ho, say lovey. JK, you've been brilliant as ever, mate. Lovely to see you, of course. Great to be on. Great to be on with, with you both guys as well. And, fantastic. And, uh, there we go. And of course, to the wonderful people in Mixler, who of course have also been utterly fantastic. We really do love seeing you in there every week. And there's some, some great familiar faces in there. I wish we could see you all for a beer as well. But anyway, stay safe until next week. And uh, thanks for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Up the chels! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.